So, Daniel, tell us about yourself a little bit. Man, I am uh, not a lot of people know this, but uh, I am I'm a Memphis native. I actually grew up in uh, White Haven. Pull this a little bit closer, to your dad. I actually I actually grew up in White Haven. My parents are from White Haven. Um, as my parents have been divorced uh, for. I want to say my parents got divorced back when I was about three or four years old. And uh, they, my dad ended up moving to Mississippi and my mom, I mean, pretty much simultaneously, they both moved to Mississippi. Both my parents have been 100% full of my life the whole time. But we got out of Shelby County and uh, Whitehaven because it wasn't, you know, you'll hear people that are from the city of Memphis, the great white flight. It was just it was a bad part of town. That's where my dad grew up. That's where my mom grew up. And uh, but I am I'm from the good old White Haven area. We moved to South Haven. I want to say I just I would I would say about seven or eight years old. I, okay, but uh, I went to Briarcrest and then went to South Haven High School or South Haven Elementary. Excuse me, Hope Sullivan in South Haven, and then you know South Haven High School. Because you can definitely tell that Whitehaven was nice because Elvis lived there. Oh, man. Uh, it was the spot. Yeah, my, my that's where my grandparents' house was two blocks down the road behind there. I, you know, It's like, it, it, I mean, it was a great place. Uh, I'm, there's pictures my dad has when right after he got out of the military, um, riding down Elvis Presley. It was just 51 at that point in time. But he said that you could, you know, see Elvis riding down the street without a helmet on. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, cool. it was crazy, you know. Because when I used to run that Elvis 5K they used to do over there, or they still do uh-huh. every year around the time for, like Elvis's birthday and stuff in August, um, they um, like those houses are big. Like yeah. when you run into those neighborhoods, like you'll Absolutely. have like a, you'll have a, all of a sudden you have like a normal size, normal size, and then yeah. like a two two houses in one house. How big it is, and like it'd be like five houses like that. Like it, there's a lot of houses out there that are huge, man. You'd never think yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine not being from this town and not know anything? Just like being a foreigner. It's like, I want to go look at Elvis's house. And then you pull down Highway 51 mm-hmm. yeah. or down Elvis Presley. And you're like, it's a culture shock. Where am I? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, at one time, Whitehaven, just like uh, Milling, I'm sorry, not Millington, but Frazier. Yeah, that's where my great grandparents lived. They uh, International Harvester w- was in Frazier, uh, and when, just like anything else, leave or shut down, the neighborhood kind of goes down. But uh, that's my great grandparents lived in, in, in Frazier up until when they died. So, it, uh, I mean, you know, the city of Memphis, it just kind of uh, once industry kind of goes away. It just it seems like it trickles out into the neighborhoods, and you just look at Midtown. Look how beautiful some of those houses are. Yeah, for sure. And there had to be at some point in time because you got the Sears Roebuck building, a lot of those Mm -hmm. old nice houses. Something at some point in time happened where people just started uprooting their families and moving elsewhere, and that's when that Sears went out of business. That was probably. A big thing, you know? Yeah. So, like, when you and Tony were talking in the kitchen a second ago about, like, you know, where you live at downtown and stuff like that, uh-huh. and you're looking to move and stuff, what do you think What, what do you think it will help bring back some of the businesses that we've lost, like some of the big uh, industries and stuff like that, back to Memphis? Well, you know. Or the area. I, I think that, uh, me personally, what, what I think, some of these big companies, they'll come to Memphis, they'll look at the surroundings, they'll, they'll, they'll see what kind of talent that they have. And I mean, if you can't hire anybody, you can't run a business. So 
You know, they'll do the talent, the area, the kind of crime that's in the area. You know, uh, you're just going to have to get that surrounding area and and try to uh, see if it'll work. Right. And, you know, as you we talked about it, I guess, what, two weeks ago, that the the two hotels that were supposed to move come downtown. Oh, Lowe's and um, I forget the other one. They, they, I guess that they, that idea just went to bust. and it's because of the crime. And until until that gets solved and you get, you know, and this sounds terrible, until you get the homeless people off of Main Street, you're, you're dealing with a, a mountain of problems. Uh, they, they need to move the bus stop off the Pinch District. Well, did you see that they've... $1.3 million developments about to happen and start happening. In the, so, you know, you got St. Jude built, extending the campus, yeah. and then you're going to have a $1.3 billion uh, dollar renovation or something like that. So, I guarantee you, they're moving that bus stop yeah. way the fuck somewhere else. Well, they need to. And, you know, but you're still going to have to get. You're you're gonna have to get some type of hotel or or restaurant or some kind of chain of something on that end of town to push that out. Because you know, you, you can build all the whatever you want to and you you've got the pyramid right there. But if you don't have anything for people to come over there, stop, spend their money, it's gonna continue to be what it is right now. Yeah. So I I did see, so whatever happened with like Union Row and all that stuff. Remember that was the next big one right there where Across, across from the Redbird Stadium, Remember, you know, a whole entire big complex they demolished. I, I don't know because I've I've never even been back up. Well, I'll take that yeah. back. I may have been over there one or two times, but I'm not sure. Um, didn't they put a restaurant over there? You know where the uh, old 616 Marshall and so that's that that's so that's the Edge District. Okay, so okay. what I'm talking about is here's Redbird Stadium, right? Uh-huh. And if you look, we you know where Lit Junior used to be. I mean, Lit the store Lit. Yeah, yeah. So that, all that was. The, all buildings and stuff, and the, the people came in and bought it and demolished it all. Yeah, and now it's just sitting flat. So the Delhi Delhi Helmsman today asked a question, saying, "What story should we pick up, and what project do you all want to know about?" So I just happened to see it on my feed, and I was like, "Oh, whatever happened in Union Row? Right. That was like the next big thing for us." And and like, I'm sure they didn't. I mean, I haven't looked, but I don't think they answered or anything like that. But like, it's just one of these things that we always get all these great ideas, and then people mm. dump this money now. Yeah, they probably bought the land cheaper than they needed to, you know? Like, and now they're probably just going to sit on it empty until, right. like you said, fix some of the crime downtown and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the the way I, I'm going to, um, you know, if I am elected. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Tell, yeah, my bad. I think so. We, we, let's start with that again. So, we, so, I think so. we may have taken a couple of steps. <laughs> I, was a, I was a child living in Whitehaven, and now we're talking about downtown. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. We can we can backpedal to win. No, it. no. So Tony said that you're doing something big. Yeah, I'm a I I when I started move or I left down or left DeSoto County and moved downtown Memphis, um I just decided I seen a lot of stuff walking my dog at nighttime, having to carry a loaded gun, um just some of the craziest shit going on downtown in in later in the evening or once the sun came down and I'd seen cop cars racing up South Front Street, which makes absolutely no sense. And uh I just decided I, you know, I started reading up on stuff and I just came to the conclusion if nobody's gonna do anything and I'm gonna sit over here and bitch, 
then I need to either continue bitching and, or and to myself and not talk to it about anybody, or I'm going to get off the bench and uh, make a change. So I am running for city mayor of the city of Memphis in 2023. I think the election is actually in October of 2023. Oh, okay. So I've, I've got, you know, quite a bit of way. They, uh, they're, they're doing the county mayor of this month. And I think yesterday actually was the cutoff. Well, yeah, I saw like out there in Eats and stuff, uh-huh. some of my accounts, I've been seeing all like the vote for, I was like, right. what is going on? Like, what are we voting for now? It, like, uh, I, it's the county mayor. And I think a couple of district, district uh, city council people and maybe some senators. When I was at, at the County election commission office, I'd uh, run into when I was filling all the paperwork off. Yeah. I ran into two senators that were redoing all their their stuff. So yeah, yeah, I, I've got a little bit of time. So how how did what are the steps to apply to to get your name on the ballot? Uh, the steps, honestly, it's it's pretty simple. You just go in there, valid driver's license, show proof of that you actually live in that in that district in that city. Uh, they'll hand you a couple of pieces of paper. You fill them out. Uh, they will email you back. Obviously you'll have your email, uh, email address and that's how they get in contact with you via email instead of phone calls. Then you have to come back. They'll hand you a spreadsheet of the different steps that you have to do. And also they, uh, what they did, what they gave me was a sheet. If I decided that that wasn't what I wanted to do. These are the other open positions that are coming available. Oh, okay. But uh, you've got to have 25 signatures. It's pretty simple. They, each each person that you uh, have a signature from, they have to have an address, and uh, they have to live in that district or the, in that city. But uh, turn that in, and then you have to have um, a treasury secretary, which I'm still in the process of if anybody out there is interested – and also, you'll have to further. I get down the road. You'll have to have a you know people that uh, handle your election, like and campaign that, person. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you'll have to have they'll they'll have to go into the county cole- uh, election committee, and they'll have to fill out paperwork too. Everything is going to be legitimate. You know, you have to show records of everything that you're you're doing, where you're getting your funds. It's like a campaign finance. Oh man, this sounds pretty. Yeah, it, it's you know. Tony, you want to run against Daniel? <laughs> no. you, you, it, it, it sounds. I guess I made it sound easy, but it, it was a pretty simple step by step, and they kind of walked you through it. Right. So if everything's laid out, this is what you have to do. Yeah, and you know, I've never been in politics, so I'm just I'm stepping in this just like anybody else. You know, I. I'm going to make a bunch of missteps and what I can read on the internet and ask other people. Um, luckily enough, I, I've met some, uh, I've got some good friends of mine that know um, mayors in different cities and down in Mississippi. And then I met the, the uh, mayor of Dyersburg, but uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty forward. You know, like you know, anything that you can find pretty much anything on the internet, good and bad. So when are you going to start doing your fundraising? That will probably come later, later this, uh, later into the summer when I have a little bit more time. I'm going to try to step away a little bit from my role. Um, I own a health club in, right. in Hernando, Mississippi. I'm going to step away from that a little bit, and I'm going to try to take a little bit of time off the railroad and uh, 
spend a little bit more energy on this. You got a lot going on. I do. Full time job with the railroad. I do. You know, there's and now this has become a lot of work. This is going to be this is going to be a lot of work. It's going to be stressful. And I'm sorry. I I think I'm talking over you. Um, No, you're good. It's going to be a lot of work, and I, you know, I'm willing to take it on. What uh, what's the name of the health club you own in uh, South Haven? It's uh, it's Edge Fitness, uh, located on Highway 51 in uh, South in Hernando, Mississippi. We're just about a quarter mile north of uh, the Hernando Square. I know exactly where that yeah, is. Yeah, it, it's uh, Velvet Cream or the Dip. It's just it's about a, a block away from that. The only reason I know where that even where anything you're talking about is well, that's how we go to my uncle's house in Eudora. We have okay, to drive yeah, through, yeah. like you know, and then when you're coming back from Eudora, you have to go around the thing yeah, like this. Like, about. I would think, like, hey, man, it's been 30 years. Just make a just go straight through, man. Like it's you know it's long enough. <laughs> yeah, no joke. So, how did you get the job at the railroad? Um, man, I tried for six years. I was working with my childhood friend. Um, John Pickle owns Pickle Iron. Yeah. Uh, How's he been? He's been great. You know, dude, his dad, his dad passed away about seven or eight years ago. His dad was a great man. Um, his dad would be so proud of him. He's turned, you know, a business that was doing okay to, you know, they're the top iron people in the city of Memphis by far. Uh, it's a third generation company company. It was originally Palmer Pickle. They've been in town for a hundred years. Are they still on Summer? Summer Avenue. And then he's got another one. Man, I can't think of the road. Um it's right off of the interstate in Lamar, but it's tucked away. There, there's an old grocery store that's over there. Huh. John Pickle. John Pickle. If you need any pickle iron work done, 901-452-3754. John owes me money now. <laughs> um yeah, I, I was working for Pickle Iron. Um, the I, I I guess I go back a step. I was uh, running a trucking company for years. Uh, traveled with them. The guy that owned it, uh, I was his right hand man, and we, I, tra- I traveled a lot. Um, he made a couple of bad missteps. Uh, made a couple of really bad financial decisions, and uh, the company went out of business. Damn, that sucks. I I just I moved back into town. I think I was at that point in time. I I was may have been living in Fort Worth, and um, I came back home. I called John. I was like, "Man, I don't know what I'm gonna do." And he was swamped with work. And he's like, "Look, you know, just come and work with me." Um, I, so I was a general contractor with him. I he John did all the measurement stuff and. Got everything working in the shop. I handled on the back half of stuff, the insulation, and making sure the guys actually came in, like the uh, just inspecting the work that come out the door and make sure the installs were good. And then, man, I met uh, I met my ex wife, and she had just graduated from nursing school and wasn't a nurse very long, maybe six seven months, and she got accepted in med school and. It wasn't enough money. I knew I had to do something. And, uh, you know, we were living in a fairly nice house um, on the island. And I just, it it wasn't enough money. And I needed better insurance and what insurance I was paying for. So I had the opportunity to go and work for the railroad. I had a good friend of mine. He, you know, I tried for a couple of years, about six years, honestly. And uh, I was able to get my foot in. Uh, I was a conductor for the Canadian National Railroad. I hate them sons of bitches. Um, I was a conductor for about five or six years, and I've been an engineer for four. 
What's the difference? Conductor is the one that gets on the ground and actually does the work. Engineer is uh, the guy that's in behind the control stand actually running the engine. Oh, okay. I think a lot of people have a misconception. They think that the conductor is the one that's, you know, blowing the horn, you know, that you actually see. But that's actually a locomotive <coughs> engineer. That's what his job is. Conductor is the one that gets all the, you know, the shit in the stick, always in the rain and stuff. So you had to do that job for how long? Before you became an engineer? I, I did it for about six years. With, uh, excuse me, with most class one railroads, you, you'd have to be a conductor for an entire year. You'll have to be a conductor for an entire year, and then you're able to uh, put in for engine service. But at that time, when I started working for the railroad, it was everybody and the mother wanted to be an engineer because it was such a pay raise. Um, I guess, let's see. It would have been 2012 is when I started working there. A conductor was making $32 an hour, and an engineer was making 41 Damn. So I was like, yeah, I need that. I want, I want to make that extra money. And um, it took me a little while. Uh, it took me a little bit to get in there, but, I, you know, I, I've been running the engine ever since. Uh, we've had a couple different contracts now, but, I'm, you know, 55 bucks an hour. I mean, you know, you can't beat that. I, you know, obviously, you know, it's it's not a job that I get to wear a tie every day and set an office and be in an air conditioned building. Uh, but man, I get to look out of a window. You know, my teacher told me stop looking out the window. You're never gonna make any money. <laughs> yeah, now you're, so, now you're making what fifty one dollars or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I, I knocked down one hundred fifty six thousand dollars last year staring out a window. So yeah. So where all do you go to? Um, I run from Memphis to Jackson, Mississippi. I used to make a run from Memphis to um, the coal mines in Kentucky. Uh, and that I, the name of that town slips my mind, but I want to say it's. It's about 30 miles south of Champaign, Illinois. Okay. But uh, we, we just run a train up the coal mine and get off of it, and uh, they start dumping coal. Um, but it's a pretty it, – that's a real long run. From Memphis From Memphis uh, to Jackson, it usually takes – I can get there in about seven hours, and sometimes I don't even make it there. But that run to – to Kentucky is it's a it's a heck of a haul. I'm sorry, it's not Kentucky. It's Illinois. It's Marion, Illinois. Mm. But yeah, it's a heck of a haul. It's it's almost 400 miles. Wow. Yeah. And so, how many people are on the train with you? It uh, we have a engineer and a conductor. It used to be, and I think it may may have ended in the early 2000s. But it used to be a an engineer and a uh, brakeman and a conductor. Okay. And back in the day, there was five people in a cab uh, between a locomotive, a head locomotive, and uh, a pusher, a DP, or uh, God, I'm a railroad guy. And I can't even think of the name of um, the car that goes in the very back. There'll be the conductor back there and a brakeman. And caboose, uh, caboose. Ah, you know more than I do. You know more than I do. So you have a, you'd have a conductor and a brakeman on the caboose, and then uh, on the uh, head end you'd have a fireman, an engineer, and a uh, brakeman. A fireman basically is what it uh, back in the day when you you had a coal run out of coal trains. Yeah, uh, the fireman was the guy who was shoveling the coal. What oh. are they ran by now? Diesel. It, oh, okay. What it is is it's a gigantic diesel motor and it acts like a generator. Yeah, uh, it's like an electric car. Okay. It, it puts electricity to the ground to the to the motors 
on a locomotive mm-hmm. and it, it turns. Wow. That they, you can actually, I think up north, uh, it may have been like right on the Canadian line. There was a, some kind of a big storm that happened and knocked the power grid out. They used three locomotives to power that entire, entire town. Wow. That's how much power there, how much electricity. So how out. hard is it to stop a train? Pretty hard. And I, I, I'm glad you said that, uh, stop running through crossings. Yeah. Stop doing it. And I'm guilty for this. Uh, if I see you doing it, I'm probably going to throw a water bottle at your car. Yeah. Uh, I'm usually the one that's opening the window up and flipping you off. It's very, very dangerous. If we hit you at, if Amtrak hits you, you're dead. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't care what part of it. You're running 80 miles an hour and you're hitting a steel bullet. Wow. Um, one day, usually, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, usually, a coal train, a coal train weighs about twenty three thousand tons. Okay, they the locomotive a locomotive on the head end weighs four hundred fifteen thousand pounds. That train will take an entire mile to stop at running fifty miles an hour. Jesus, one Christ. mile, and it, we it, it it is what it is, and that's basically what we call an emergency. That's like you slamming your emergency brake on your vehicle. Yeah, that's everything stopping at the hardest power it can stop, and it's just going. It's just sliding. For a mile. I mean, you're talking about metal on metal. Uh, it's like you riding slamming on your brakes on an ice yeah. road. Damn. And how does it fuck up the train a lot when they do that? It can if it's something big, like there was a guy down in South Mississippi, uh, a crew, actually a Memphis crew. It's uh, right before you get to Greenwood, Mississippi. They hit uh, 18-wheeler with the low boy with a piece of farm equipment on there, and that crew was they was tore up pretty bad. Wow. It uh, threw him into the windshield. Jesus Christ. And bad enough, uh, it, came off the, it came off the rail, and they both just ended up in the front windshield. I mean, it's, you know, even though it's a big thing, you're, you're talking about less than an eighth of an inch of a, a wheel that's actually on a rail. Yeah. And the lip on a wheel isn't but a half inch, maybe a little bit bigger. Mm. So how would you even notice that y'all hit like a deer or something like that? It makes a thud. Really? Yeah. I hit a cow once. It was <laughs> Jesus Christ. It just it's kind of blew it up pretty much. I mean, it just, it, it, uh, there's parts everywhere. Do y'all have to stop? No, we don't. That's a bad thing. Look, and I, I'm going to tell you, and this sounds bad too. Um, I would much rather hit a car with somebody in it than a dog. I've hit a couple of dogs, and mm-hmm. it is – I'm a dog person. I'm, well, I'm an animal person. Yeah. And uh, it it makes me – it it ruins the rest of my day. Mm-hmm. I can, I'll can i put it mm-hmm. that way. It, it it really – what happens if you've ever been next to a train tracks when, when a uh, train is coming, the rail hums. Mm-hmm. And they get tr- they get caught in the rail in between oh, the rail okay. because I guess they lose their like depth perception. Yeah, because you can see it's the craziest thing. They just start running. Mm. But um, yeah, I've uh, I've come close to hitting a couple of drunk idiots walking the rail, especially downtown or coming through uh, what that over there about Liberty Bowl, mm-hmm. whatever road that is. I, I mean, oh, Southern. I guess southern. it yeah, may be Southern. southern. southern yeah, yeah. there's terrible like don't do it yeah but um i don't know where we're going with that um yeah it's it's crazy i, I don't know why people take the chance to to go through a uh, track or through gate crossings it's it's insane do you ever see like a lot of cars stalled on the tracks or have you heard of that before 
I've only had this one incident that some lady was sh- drunk and ran off the actual road path and ended up on the rail because it's pretty hard to get off the tracks. When you yeah, run, because like, you, got, you, you got those rocks, right? And, and that, if you, you know, and, you know you, you, the rail is so yeah. high. It because uh, like this is the bottom of it. It's like this tall, right? right? Yeah, and like when you go in, and when I remember riding bikes and stuff, and when we used to try to jump it, you know, yeah. like you back tire used to get you fucking fall over, <laughs> and your face gets busted. Because I've saw it, I've seen recently like, like some kids were like laying underneath the track trying to like lay it until the train went. And it's like why? And your shirt gets caught on that thing, you're dead. Dog. There, there was actually a sad story to that. Um, there was a there in Dyersburg. This is actually a crew, a CN crew uh, out of a Memphis crew. They uh, kids were playing, doing the same thing, which makes absolutely no sense in Dyersburg. And one of the little girls got stuck somehow, mm-hmm. and it and it it rolled her up. There, there was nothing. Wow. There was nothing pretty much left. I mean, if you think it was just a bag oh. of bones, and uh, you know the the our conductor went back there, great guy, and it it, it messed him up for a good minute. I would imagine because you know if you think about it, you're a cow catcher. You've only got five inches between that rail. And a cow catcher, and mm-hmm. somebody's get stuck, you pretty much just roll up in a knot. Ugh. I mean, you wrap your mind around that, yeah. and then going back there and seeing a little girl back there. Because, like, how high is the track from, like, the ground? Um, it well, it Are kind of varies. It's uh, it's according to what kind of ties are using. Sometimes the wooden ties, wooden ties are just straight across. Concrete ties have a dip in them, mm-hmm. so you've you, they use those a lot out uh, out west, and then you know, like in Europe on high rail trains or high speed rail trains. But I mean, you're you're not talking about much. Yeah. Uh, I think the typical rail size. With the high speed rail, maybe five to six inches, five inches tall, maybe. Okay. I think six inches is is a little much. So speaking of rails, what do you think about um like how like they're trying to get more train systems in the United States compared like how they have in Europe and stuff like that? I think it's a good idea. I think that you know, um, which seeing has got a kind of a bad rap for running oil trains uh, the canadian oil mm-hmm. they've got a bad rap because there's been some incidences but i mean if you think about how many incidences have they had with uh crude oil tankers and stuff like yeah. that it's a much safer safer process and i think that the the pipeline is a is a good idea too because that's safe but uh, i think running trains is a great idea it, it clears a little bit of traffic most truck drivers probably not going to like anyone to say that but uh, if you're thinking about environmental wise, uh, we we can run. I'll, I'll put it this way: a grain train is typically about a hundred cars. Okay, it takes three hundred and fifty-seven trucks to move that same amount. Oh wow! Oh Jesus Christ! So if you think about the environment that way, yeah. and diesel, uh, I mean you you're able to use that much more freight, and that's that much less traffic, that much less beating on the streets. Mm-hmm. Now, are more truckers becoming like getting jobs at the railroad because it pays better or something? No, because- we actually get a lot of. Uh, this sounds crazy. A lot of police. Really, uh, and the reason why they hire a lot of cops is because they're used to working these crazy hours. You know, they're they're used. It's not because they're used to like high in you know situations. It's just because they are they're used to being up at crazy hours in the night. You know. So and what shift do you work? I work. 
I'm I'm actually uh, what they call it a guaranteed extra board. I literally work on call 24 hours a day. Oh shit! So they can call you tonight if they really wanted. To. Well, I, I'm actually luckily enough I've got a good seniority, so I'm off on the weekends. But uh, once I hit the board Sunday morning or um, Monday morning at 6 a.m., it's a free for all. So you just never know. You never just, know. You you damn. don't you you. We have a call board that you can look at and kind of plan your day, but we are so shorthanded right now. Because of uh, that stuff that's going on in Ukraine. Oh, yeah. We are running so much grain is coming from out of bins uh, from up north. Because I don't know if you know this, but Ukraine and Russia are real big producers of wheat and, mm, and all that. kinds of grain, actually. I think they do a lot of corn, too. But uh, these farmers up north, they're just because the market's so good and the price of that stuff is so high, they're just emptying them out. So mm. we we're staying extremely busy with that. And uh, we are getting oil trains now out of Canada. So um, they're just, there's not enough people. They can't find the people to do anything because nobody wants to work. And another thing, you know, it's so crazy right now. We're, we're the company is given a ten thousand dollar bonus. There you go, Jesus a ten thousand dollar bonus. bonus, right? For and, retention yeah, too, or something. Like that. Which yeah. I don't know. You know, it, it may be you've got to make it through the complete hiring right, process. Yeah. I'm assuming it's got to be something like that. But so, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. So I mean, it sounds um, like they're making good money. So why would you it's, not want to keep great. that? Going? I forget the company's name, but it's a food service company, like uh-huh. like a Cisco or something. But it's not Cisco. Um, Performance Food Group, they are hiring drivers right now at like, I think it's $5,000 sign-on bonus. Yeah. But um, one of the things is you can't call in the first 90 days. Or oh, they'll just can you. So No, no, no. You don't get can. You just give up your $5,000. Oh, because okay. Because you get the 5000 after the 90 days. If you, if you, I got you. So like, you know, everyone sees the 5000 Oh, shit, hell yeah. But they, they don't know the side letter to Exactly. That. But like, you know, but then you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, forgiveness to that too, you know, like, Hey, look, my kid, you know, yeah, it's yeah. either I don't work for you or you excuse this and I still eligible kind of thing. Right. But like you were saying, <clears throat> there's a lot of high, high paying jobs. There are all these things like, you know, and nobody to fill them really. And that that's going back to what I said uh, about finding talent. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, if, uh, if you go down Rivergate road, Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi put a, a power plant. They put a plant to, to make these massive generators. And the only way to move them is by rail. They are huge, enormous. They actually ended up shutting down because they couldn't find anybody. They couldn't find talent. Really? They were sending these people to Japan to learn how to, to put these machines together. And so they, they just shut down. Now it's been reallocated and the company was bought. That plant was bought out by somebody else. But I honestly, I don't think, I think everybody that works in there are foreigners. Mm. Do you live working on a, off a visa? Do you think the place they're building in Mason is going to have issues getting the people to work there. Now, are you talking about the electronic, uh, the Ford plant? That yeah, yeah, the Ford, there? the five point five billion dollar campus they're building. They're going to have to look for talent in other cities. I mean, you know, that's probably one of those kind of jobs that um, that people move here for. Yeah, uh, if you got real estate in Brownsville, Tennessee, good lord, you're sitting on a gold mine. Well, that's another thing. Like, um, so I think it's I think it's Mason, right? They're building it in Mason, right, or something like that. I think, but it's so. somewhere around there. Now. It, but like, I had a friend ask me, "Do I want to go look at some stuff with him?" Because uh-huh. they're going to start buying up whatever they can buy, land, whatever. 
broke down gas station, broke down restaurant. It doesn't matter. They're just they're taking a bunch of cash, you know, and they're taking lawyer with them to drop a contract and everything. Yeah. And he was like, do you want to go with us? We're probably going to go in like July and start. I was like, yeah, I'll go with you guys. I mean, I don't know how much money I can put up on this, but you fuck yeah, I'll go with you yeah. guys. And he was like, all right, we'll let you know. And, uh, you know, I know these guys from my, from my accounts that own a bunch of my accounts. Uh-huh. And like, we should come up there with us. So I was like, all right. But yeah, they're going to start buying up to have they, how they did down here. Like, you know, they, they bought storage in the projects. Right. Turn them. Bought them for super cheap. Ended up turning them into like really good profitable stores. You uh-huh. know, ran off the riffraff off. And now, you know, these guys are sitting on like 45 stores in Memphis, That's 15 exciting. in South ha- or northern Mississippi, a bunch down in like but in the Gulf of Mississippi. I mean, they got all together. These three guys have probably seven, 70 stores. And then if you add the, the fourth guy who has all the money, it's like 500 stores. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. But, you know, if you're buying at the right time. I, yeah. The same thing happened in Humboldt, Tennessee. Uh, I have a friend of mine that lives up there I grew up with. He's from. Uh, he's actually from Olive Branch, but he uh, he knew that Tyson Chicken was moving to Humboldt. They were moving, a, building a plan out there. He got word of it beforehand because he knew uh, the, the people, uh, the people that owned the, the property or the bought, or who they bought the land from. So he started buying up all of these just run down homes and knocking them down that were in that general area and started building nicer houses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like the whole time I was like, Brian, is that really such a good idea? And now he's got renters in every single one of them. He's getting ready to buy the rest of the block out. Oh, wow. It, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about like boarded up windows kind of, it, it was, yeah. it's a bad little part of town, but it's literally a half a mile from Tyson. Huh. So he he's made it big just off a tip, I guess you would yeah. say. Yeah, but it's like those guys, you know, they they, and when it comes from them, when it, yeah, I got you. When it comes from them, like I'm like, where are you gonna get people to work from? He's like, don't worry about that. We have the people. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's what everybody says. Like, no, I can bring anybody from Bangladesh over here yeah. on a work visa, sponsor them. And they can work if, if they want to. Like, you know, we're not going to force anybody to come over. Dude, I swear, every second or third week, there's four or five new ones in, in Memphis. Really? And, you know, they end up, so a lot of them actually go to University of Memphis. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they work at the store making money and they're getting an education at Memphis. I guess they're paying, I guess that Raheem is not paying for the education. It's kind of like a, hey, we'll pay for your school. Give us like 20 hours a week kind of thing. You right. know, something like that. Well, that would probably be one of the reasons that they keep their visa. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's because that's what, that was the biggest thing. I was like, you're not going to get money. I mean, I'm sorry. You're not going to get people like you. You have no idea. And then, boom, today in one of my st- or yesterday, there were four guys being trained on the register, beer, cigarette, you know, how to do everything. Yeah. Run the store because they just bought a, they just bought some land up in. A toka somewhere, and they're going to build a store. Right. And three I mean, of those guys are going to be working there. If you don't have the talent, you can't run a business. I'm assuming that they're probably, you know, it, it's, those are probably close to $100,000 plus jobs. So I'm assuming that they're going to be able to, to find the talent to, to run it. And, you know, if they can't find, you know, if they can't, the, the railroad, they can't find the talent, you know, with offering that kind of money. I mean, Lord. What are you going to do? It's going to be hard for like a mom and pop to get people to work. Absolutely. You know, and the other day, the other day, a lady told me that she's offering $11 an hour 
to just just pretty much be at the store they, and you just work the register. That's Warm body. All, all she needs is somebody yeah. to work the register. Just you. I don't care if you don't leave this one little square foot. Just hello, thank you. You're your change. Yeah. You know whatever. I was like eleven dollars. You can't find nobody to do that just to stand there. She's like, I'm not even asking them to stock or clean or anything. I just need them. I just need a body here so we can do the rest. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's it's. I don't know where everyone's getting money from, but it's it seems like it's really hard for em- employers right now to get good help. It is, yeah. And I mean, you know, the the I guess I think the COVID money is, is dried up by now, isn't it? I think or so because I haven't gotten anything since last year. Well, Which, don't they do like a child tax credit now? Oh, is that is that is so that are still they go- getting a check every think, month on yeah, top I of think, that? I think. Th- I oh shit, is that still the, going on? I don't think they still get the stimulus, but I think they get like a tax credit for oh. per child. Really? Some people do. That's why I have heard. I don't know if they're still doing that, but they were doing that. Yeah, anyway. no, because it's like twenty five hundred a child or something like that. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, I know some people were getting that. So I don't know if that's where it is, or I don't know. I think some people maybe are just looking at other outlets. Yeah, you know, like there's the internet. You know, people are making money out that way. Yeah, you know. So I don't know how they're doing it. I I have a shopping problem, uh, so <laughs> I look at my checking account like, where did all that money go? So look, it's so funny. The other day, Tony goes like, "We're gonna go year and year and year." I was like, oh, "I don't know if I can afford that right now." He goes, "What the fuck are you talking about? What have you been spending your money on?" I was like, "I have no idea." Yeah, I'm just I, looking. I have no idea. Like, I I don't have I have I haven't got an Amazon package in like a week now or since Saturday I think it was or Sunday, mm. and like I'm like, where's my shit at? What did I order? You know, like, but I'm like, okay, good. I didn't order anything. I'm just like, what am I? What am I ordering? And where the fuck is it all? Yeah, well, I, I went to Capitol Grill uh, back about a month and a half ago and had dinner, a couple of uh, adult drinks, and it was almost three hundred dollars. I'm thinking. What? Jesus, if I was 18 years old and I wanted to impress some chick, 300 freaking dollars? <laughs> yeah. You kidding expensive. me? That is really expensive, man. Yeah. Well, I think I got a little bit lit, but uh, <laughs> don't be cheap. Tip, yeah. tip your waitress. I mean, especially if you're going to eat somewhere nice. You know, they true. didn't give you paper napkins. This brings another point of mine. Like all these new places opening up in the city. Like, you know, you have uh, The Citizen, which I yeah. mean, the restaurant cameo in The Citizen. Then you have a place called Inkwell that's in, by, in the Edge District we were uh-huh. just talking about. It's somewhere over there. No, hold on. The Citizen on Union Avenue yeah. has, a, has a restaurant in well, it? Well, it's a bar. Uh, really? Uh, downstairs, I think it is. Okay. Or, and, like, so on the ground level, it's, like, there are these bays facing Union. I think it's in there. Okay. And um, I'm, so that they opened up, like, Three weeks ago, this this other place opened up yesterday or last week weekend or okay. something like that, and like you know, all these other places slated to open. My thing is, where are they getting the people that are established in the city can't even get enough help? Where the uh, fuck are you getting people to work from? Uh, who knows? And and more power to them for uh, for opening up something in the yeah. city, you know, especially that part of town where there's so much traffic. I, you know. But I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm lucky enough. I'm in Hernando and kind of in my my gym. I'm, I've got some really good help. I've got a couple of full time employees, uh, and you know the high school kids after hours. But uh, you know, if it wasn't for the the people I have working yeah. for me, that I, I trust them 100. percent And you know they. Most sometimes they make all my deposits. They they rarely ever call me with a problem, and I know if there is is one that they they do give me a call. But uh, man, I, I'm very fortunate to have great help. But 
you know, this time, this time and day, or the just the help that you're getting the, the, this this day and age, I, it's it's uh it's insane. It's terrible. I you can't trust anyone, and that's that's a big thing with me, especially when you're talking about my money. Yeah, and it costs. It cost, and I was telling somebody this other day, like, yeah, I want to open a gym. I want to do this. I said, let me explain to you. It cost me $25,000 a month. That's what all my bills, you know, including my personal bills, but it cost me $25,000 a month. And I'm nobody. I'm rich by no means. Yeah. No means am I rich, a wealthy person. <clears throat> and that's a lot of freaking money. Yeah. And a couple of missteps. That could financially, I mean, it could, I can last for about two and a half, three months if everything, if, if I, everything went under. And if you don't have that support system like I have, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't operate. I, like, I don't know how Eubanks does it because he's off on some new adventure every time we see him. Fancy island. I, I'm assuming that him and Elon Musk are going to be on the, <laughs> the next, uh, the next spaceship somewhere. But uh, that guy, he, he must have a great team. Yeah. A great team. And so, you know, you're in Memphis. Uh, I, I forget who runs in Memphis now, but Jackson is run by his boy, Jeremiah uh-huh. and, and Donnie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Armand is running Atlanta and somewhere else. So uh, they have a guy they trust really good to run Tupelo. Then John Falls is down in Florida. I forget what part of Florida. I think Orlando area or Tampa area. Mm-hmm. And they're running. He's running the three down there. And, um, you know, we were talking about him earlier. You know, they all start out doing uh, renovations on house because they, yeah, their dad yeah. taught them how to do it. Like uh-huh. him and the, his two brothers. And and then, they, you know, slowly but surely when he was doing the band stuff, Jeremiah and him became really close. So then Jeremiah started doing the remodels with him and stuff. And that started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I forget who I forget how the roofing came about. But like now, you know, they have all these um, branches of the roofing company. Right. They're getting more respect. Uh, I was talking to Armand and he was telling me that they're getting more respect now when people when they go to like these conventions and stuff like that. Like, Hey, you know, we're from, Oh yeah, we've heard about you guys. Yeah. You know, when they first started was now nah, this is the price. We know we're not coming down. <clears throat> yeah. I don't care if you buy 10 truckloads of shingles, you know, we're not coming down now. It's like, Oh, what's up guys. Yeah. You know, give so, us a cliff note to me. Come on. Hey, well look, I, Hey, <laughs> hey, do you know what's damn. so crazy? I was at the gym earlier. Hey, we, fuck you. We have a TV at our gym that does advertise local advertisements. I've seen his stuff pop up there and I'm just like, I'm going to take a picture of this and send it to him. <laughs> but Eubanks is so, he, he's got a check mark now. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I messaged him back in November about his Lambo and he just messaged me the other day. He's like, Hey, I didn't see this. I was like, yeah, cause you're at the, Gala, or the gala red carpet event. <laughs> I, like, God, well, I, man. I bet I bet his phone has nothing but little notification things on every like text message, phone calls, email. I guess next time I ought to send him some a cash app so he can answer me back. <laughs> yeah. Eubanks, so if you're on here. How'd you get started in fitness, Daniel? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, at least we got off the railroad because apparently I don't know shit about it. Um, I have you just been, worked there, man. Yeah, I just I, I just <laughs> Come in and come out, go in or go out. Um, I got uh, I got started in it by birth. Um, my parents have been involved in the fitness industry for my my stepdad. My my mom and my stepdad have been married for thirty 
five years now. I think that's close. But my my stepdad's been involved in the industry for about forty three years. Uh, wow. Him and a good friend of his that actually grew they grew up with each other right down the street. They played high school ball, college ball, and uh, they opened their first gym together. It was uh, Olympic Fitness Center in South Haven on I believe it's State Line Road. And uh, ended up, I think there were, at one time there was three or four locations, and my, him and my dad just bodybuilders. Uh, dad got, I think he got his pro card. He didn't compete very long with it in the early '80s. I want to say maybe '85, mid '80s. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was a pro bodybuilder, so when I tell people. Like, I grew up in a gym. I literally, my, my entire childhood, but the bus used to drop me off at the gym, and that's where I did my homework. Okay. So I that that's I got involved in, with it. It's it's pretty much like when I walk in a gym, it's like looking at the back of my hand. I know exactly what needs to happen. Even walking into a different gym, I, I can look at the layout of a gym and, and just be like, mm, something's not right here. The vibe is not good. Uh, but I just... You know, just being in that atmosphere, I just, I guess it came natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents never forced it on to me. It was just there. Uh, I did learn all the basics from them, and I kind of ventured off. Uh, when I was living in Miami, I um, I guess if we're going to go way back, after I graduated high school, 2002, I got hurt. I got hurt real bad. Um, I had a, a piece of equipment that we used. My parents owned 650 Health and Fitness. That's how I met you. Yeah. yeah. My parents owned 650 Health and Fitness. We were the actually the largest self-owned chain of uh, health clubs in the state of Tennessee at one time. Oh, wow. And um, obviously a family-owned business. Uh, I'd taken a lift and at the Cordova Athletic mm-hmm. location. We had a basketball gym in there. We had, oh, yeah. We had ordered a lift, and when it was uh, – the, our, one of our maintenance guys had it uh, on the side of the building – and I, needless to say, I jumped up on that on that trailer and tr- was trying to pull it off. You know, 18 years old, you think you can do anything. And uh, the pin was pulled out of that trailer. Well, I got on top of it. As soon as that uh, lift passed the axles, it tilted, and it flipped over on top of me. Damn. Damn. Uh, I suffered. I was pinned under it for a little while. I don't know exactly how long because I passed out. Yeah. Um, I ended up tearing my hip flexor, uh, dislocated my hip, my right side, uh, broke a couple of ribs, and uh, tore a shitload of muscles in my back. That's people ask, how do you how did you get your back so wide? It's like the wrong way, um, and I broke my back. I had a, com- a compound uh, fracture three and four. They're actually fused together. I have pretty good flexibility for somebody with that kind of an injury, and I think being so young, yeah, I was able. I still have arthritis in my back. But I told myself after, you know, I literally, I'm 18 years old. My mom is having to give me a bath, wipe my ass, and I told myself I'll never let anything get on top of me that I can't push off. Yeah. And that's, I pretty much started dedicating, like, really to fitness. Wow. Um, I moved to, got out of Memphis when I started working for that trucking company, and I was, I didn't have any friends the only thing I did was go to work in the gym. I'd gym in the morning, gym in the uh, at night after I got off, eat, 
didn't have a social life because I didn't know anybody. Most of the people I worked with, I wouldn't hang out outside of the, the my employees. I wouldn't hang out inside yeah. uh, outside of work. And man, I was two hundred and fifty five pounds. That we'll call it five eleven. Um, I, I was a monster. Um, had some issues some, for some of the stuff that I was doing. Um, and it kind of, I, I ended up getting jaundice in the hospital living in Miami. And it kind of knocked some sense into me that this is, you know, this isn't the right path of trying to get large. Uh, mm. So I after that happened, my parents were just like, you know what? You can work for that company, but you need to come back home. So I started doing it the, 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 the healthier way. Um, unfortunately, I started when I was such a young kid. I started at a very young age uh, behind my parents' back. And now I'm dependent. And, uh, you know, anybody that's listening to this that, at a, you know, you're 18, 19, hell, I don't even care. You're in your mid to late 20s. It's a bad idea to, to get in, into steroids. Um, you've had a guy that uh, last week, I think, or two weeks ago, what was his name? Uh, Poro? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he he had touched on uh, about a guy that was yeah. – well, the guy that he's talking about is Dallas McCarver. Dallas McCarver was one of my good friends. He's actually from outside of Humboldt. Uh, he was the youngest IFBB pro to ever become a pro. Uh, he was a monster. Now, you, they will say – and Dallas, great guy. If you look him up, I mean, Google him. He was a monster. Over Well over 300 pounds wow. going into a contest. And I think – I want to say he was maybe 6'2". You're talking about somebody that's sitting at three percent, two and a half percent body fat. You know, skin so thin. What we in the bodybuilding we call saturated. And I don't know if people are saying that. Like, I if you ever hear me say natty, I want you to kick me in my nuts. (laughs) And people say it all the time, and I get it. But I just say natural bodybuilder. Um, He had a uh, he had a he had some. Issues going into this. He was in Australia and did the uh, Arnold, and he had passed out on stage. I don't think that he, in his young age, that he kind of realized that there was something going on. And I may be wrong. He may have seeked help from a doctor, but he's out of, out of you know, out of the country. Came back. I guess he bounced back pretty fast. I hadn't seen him at that point in time. I hadn't seen him in a while. Um, they said that he was in his house. He was living in South Florida because I guess that's where that – they're based completely out of that whole that nutrition company. That oh yeah, Nutri- Red Solution. One or something. What is it? Isn't it Red something? Yeah, Red something. Another. Oh, Redcon. Redcon. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, um, he had had a massive heart attack, uh, and apparently he was eating dinner from you know I'm from what his mom told my mom he was eating dinner and he had choked and the the stress of that caused him to have a massive heart attack. How old was he? Young. He's not even in his thirties uh, yet. No, no, he, he was, was twenty five, maybe, yeah. maybe twenty six. When I saw a picture of this guy, because I follow a lot of the IFB, yeah. IFBB people and WBF. So you have seen a picture yeah. of Dallas, dude? Just think of like somebody like what's his name? Dallas McCarver. Like he's probably about four inches tall, three inches taller than you, Tony, but just nothing but a fucking brick wall, how muscle just. Muscles coming out of everywhere. Like, he's so massive. Oh, yeah. I recognize him. And so yeah. when I saw that picture, I was like, man, I know that guy. He's from Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, damn. I, I didn't know he was from, I didn't know he was from so close, but I was like, man, yeah. I know him. Such, man, just genuinely such a nice guy. 
but like, you know, you were talking about your friend that passed away. Like every day now, I always see some kind of post by either one of those bodies, the it's IFBB or WBFF. So crazy. Someone I, has passed away or someone's in the hospital. Did you hear about that guy that just jumped out the window today from a second story window? It was it a bodybuilder? Yeah. Um, he ripped his like pec and then he had to go to surgery. Oh, shit. What is his name? But, uh, I'd be interested. Hans, to remember on one of the episodes I was talking. Do you think the, Google it? Do you think the Rock and the other guy is natural? And Poro was like, "Hell no, neither one of them are." No, neither one of them are. Yeah, yeah. that, that guy. You, that guy. If that you guy. open up a muscular development magazine and you think that any of them son of a bitches are taking <laughs> the supplements that, that you are just on as naive, why don't you do this? I'll send you my address and you send me your money and I'll come in and kick you in your nuts. Because <laughs> yeah. That's basically what you're. None. And now it, it may. It may help but nothing that you get at any nutrition store no. is gonna the last thing that you were able to get that actually worked was ephedra mm. and if you got some ephedra you're sitting on a gold mine but n- none of that stuff and it's kind of borderline the fda doesn't get involved in it yeah but but it, none of it works it's it, none of it's really besides i would say the protein side of it but the, all that Peels shit. Yeah. It, no, it's well, all you know, somebody joke. was saying, oh, yeah, it's 100% guaranteed to work. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? It's not even regular by the FDA. Like, none of this stuff is. It, it's and not. Even our, I was like, even our protein powder we drink is not federally regulated. But, like, we, we believe in that because, you know, we see everyone doing it. But, yeah. like, the joke is on Instagram when I'm, like, you know, looking for guests and stuff like that, I'll be scrolling to people. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm eating this, this, and this. It's like a rice and chicken, right? Every meal or whatever. And then somebody that's, I also post a picture, what they're not showing you, there's like a bottle and a little needle there yeah. next to their meal, you no know? shit. That, that's really their diet to get that huge. Yeah, man. But you still got to put the work in, though, You right? do. You know, and, and I don't think if anybody, nobody needs to be that naive to think that, mm-hmm. you know, you can go to Wholesale Nutrition or GNC and then six months down the road, you're going to be <laughs> putting oil on your damn chest and standing on a stage. It just doesn't work that way. Mm. Most most people, they're they're... Their genetics are just not, you know, you, you do have the, the very few that obviously that they're able to do that, but your genetics just can only take you so far. Um, there's, there's steroids in bodybuilding. There's, there's no doubt there. Uh, it, it, it's just the way this, this sounds terrible. And I'll probably say that a couple of times. Um, the way my stepdad put it to me, he said, whatever you think that's too much, the guy next to you doesn't give a shit. Mm. That makes sense. That that guy next to you is going to push the limit, and that's what we're seeing now. That's that's what we're we're legitimately wa- watching these guys die, and yeah, it is insane amount of stuff they're putting in their bodies. The chemicals that they're they're putting in their bodies, it it, it would literally make a racing horse fall over dead. Well, so as I was telling on the poor episode, like you know, Phil Heath used to play basketball. Yeah, and he, he, he was he was a play he was he'd be an NBA and he was you know just a normal size dude or well I wouldn't go that far because if you look at pictures of him in college he you could tell that he had the the muscular development and, and the bone structure to be able to walk around with some some I mean if you look at his damn calves alone yeah but now he's like the size of both me and Tony like, yeah you know, he, mu- he, like Kai Green like those guys are fucking massive yeah, man like yeah. how do you get that big. Poor Kyle. Like, what are you putting? Yeah, <laughs> what uh, are you putting in your body? Like, so what's going on with Ronnie Coleman now? Uh, he's, he's fucking. He won't. St- oh, you guys can hammer me. 
I'm asking uh, Daniel. The uh, professional. Well, I, I, you know, I haven't really kept up with them that much. I mean, they did a, a docu series mm-hmm. or a documentary on them not too long ago. He looks awful. Yeah. Uh, he he looks he looks terrible, and I, he's the way. Like I guess he's taking a bunch of oxycontins just to be able to function at normal. To walk, oh, damn, like, really? no, he's got that yeah, not a stroller, but like the little thing. That he he has looks to walk terrible. With. Yeah. He looks terrible. And you know, me growing up, I grew up in in that early or late eighties, early nineties era of like real bodybuilding. You know the the chalk dust in the air, people screaming and, you know, buying shit off the street that who knows what you're putting in your body, like the real old school bodybuilding. And I see these guys now that, you know, they've had both their knees done, hips done. They walk around like, you know, they need a freaking walker. And I just, I don't want that for myself. You know, obviously I'm not going to be, I'm not huge anymore, but I'm, I'm comfortable with the way I look yeah. where I can buy clothes and don't have to wear, you know, crazy wear pants with American flag. Like I'm about to whoop somebody's ass. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, like Ronnie Coleman, like he's having, you know, he's keeping on having surgery after surgery just so he can like function like you just said. And, but like he's with, he's with a walker. And they were wa- doing like the docu series or whatever. I forget what it's. And like he's walking. You in his mind, he's think he's walking like you know, like pretty, you know, like normal. But it's like it's he's slow. creeping like an it's, old man. Yeah, it's like just like mm-hmm. barely moving. You know, were those seven and eight hundred pound squats worth it? You know, in your yeah. golden, your gold. I mean, he's very uh, he. You know, he's very comfortable in his living, and I guarantee, you know, he's got a fat checking account, and he owns a wholesale or a, a nutrition company, and he sells, like, supplements. But but is it worth the return on his it, investment? It, I don't think it is. Yeah. I, you know, I you know, I don't have a Rolls Royce to ride around in, so I don't really know. But I know that I'd like to be able to stand up straight yeah. and not have to take, you know, multiple pain meds throughout the day to function as a normal person. So when you when I first met you, were you were eighteen, I guess then. Yeah, I was pretty young. Were you using then? Did you? I mean, did yeah, you start? It, I would so I say you were decent size. You're I, not size you were now. I would say I would. It was. It would probably would have been shortly after I got hurt. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I started using my my later eighteen, nineteen years old is when it got a little bit more serious, and early twenties is when it really got out of hand. Twenties getting really big. Yeah, I, it, it got it got really out of hand. I ended up I had jaundice and living in Miami, uh, you know, taking multiple shots a day, uh, six seven days a week. You know, oral steroids, intramuscular steroids. I never was so crazy. After I got hurt, I was like, "No, I don't pain pills. No, I don't. You're, I'm not. I'm not putting pain pills in, in my yeah. body. You know, I, I'm all about staying healthy. And what I'm doing is killing myself. I'm, my liver functions, my body. I, I'm worried about taking pain medication, and I'm sitting here pumping a synthetic form of, of, of testosterone in my body, an oil substance made God knows who. Where hell it could have been made in somebody's freaking garage yeah, for all exactly. I know. Yeah. Uh, it's there. There's no health to it. I mean, you're at, at what I was doing. I was killing myself. Did you start developing like body issues? Like as I don't far think, as what you looked, I don't think it's body dysmorphia. People will say that like when they're when they take drugs, they're always 
chasing that that high, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's more of a uh, you're chasing some type of physique that you'll never obtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a more it's more of a high than I've never done drugs before. Yeah, but I would assume that it's got to be the same thing, if not more, because it's something that you know when you go in the gym, like Arnold said, you know I come when when I'm in the gym and I come. I mean, it's it's, like it's the it's, pump it's, is as good as it's, coming. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's just it takes you into a different place. You know, mm. I when I when in those early days, man, I would just zone out. I it you, you could it's something that I guess that you would think of in about a movie. I just. I just went to a different place. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my mecca, you know. That, uh, Olympic Fitness Center you know, back in the day. It's like when I started really competing as a bodybuilder, I was training in the same gym my dad uh, trained in when he was was standing on stage. It just uh, it was one of those old. It wasn't raggedy, but it was one of those gyms that the equipment, you know, they just talked to you. You knew you knew that people had. Squatted seven, eight hundred pounds in that place. The floor was filthy as shit. There's chalk dust everywhere. There's people's pictures of the past, you know, of when they stood on stage. It's, I mean, it was that we've had people, uh, especially when my mom was in Muscular Development Magazine, they had an editor come out here and, um, the guy's like, man, this this is like something that you would find out west. I, he's like, the, these gyms like this, they're just they're they don't they're, make they don't make them anymore because you you know like L A Fitness and all these they're cookie cutter gyms. They're stamped out the same way. Each one looks exactly the same. And this kind of gym, we had a lot of handmade equipment stuff that you can't you know. You, they don't make you, somebody made it in their fucking garage and it showed up at the gym 240 pound dumbbells i mean it just what the fuck who, man? Who, what time when or when have you ever been to an la fitness and seen dumbbells that big no. just, man, shit. you know at atc the biggest like 80 pounds 80 pounds, pounds. The, the 90 so you know it goes the small like big and then finishes out the biggest at the bottom like that yeah like the last Two spots for the, the 80 or yeah, the 85, 80 and 85. It's not, they don't even have them in there. Right. Like they don't want people like dropping them on themselves yeah. or something. I, I think the, the last gyms like that, and you know, there is a special place in my heart for all those gyms. Uh, Metroflex is pretty much the last of those hardcore, and that's even in their name. We're the, we're the hardcore gym. Um, I, one of my good friends, I still talk to. Almost every day, uh, we went to school at Ole Miss together, and uh, Ryan Close, he owns Metroflex in, uh, in Fort Worth. And, you know, there's always a special place in my heart for those gyms, but I'm just, you know, I'd love to be able to go and work out and stuff like that and even own one of those. But the clientele's not there. Uh, you know, we're meant, you, obviously, somebody would rather go down the road and get a fucking barbecue sandwich. And spend whatever, then spend twenty bucks on the gym membership every month. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's crazy. And you know, we've got the occasional members that I guess, and mentally, they buy a uh, they buy a gym membership and show up never. Which I look, if you're not tearing up my equipment and you're paying me, I, I enjoy it. They're I mean, not. People you got to worry about not racking your stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let, let, let me let you know, if you come into my gym and you see me eyeballing you like Superman with two lasers <laughs> and I'm on the edge of cussing you out because I'm on the edge of cussing you out. 
Uh, it's one of something that I just I grew up. Um, I watched my stepdad pick up a twenty five pound uh, plate and chunk it at somebody's face back in the day. Jesus, they you just didn't put up with the shit back in the day, and, and the old meatheads from back. You were drug out by your belt loop if that's the kind of shit you did. And now it's just like, ah, oh, shit. I'll just leave this right here. Well, let me come over to your house and just kick some shit over. It, it, it just, I don't know. It just drives me crazy. Let's always wonder when I see stuff out in public, like people don't flush a toilet or like throw papers around or whatever. It's like, how, what does your house look like? Oh my God. Look, I, it was hilarious. Today I was getting uh, two tires put on on my car out there and I watched this lady chunk a can Coke out of her window. And the guy that owned this little shop was out there sweeping the parking lot. He picked it up, knocked on a window and threw it in her car. I, <laughs> I literally, I laughed and started clapping. I thought it was hilarious. I, Cause it even happens in my gym. I'm like, are you serious? Like yeah. this, you come here and you want it to be dirty? Yeah, show some respect. Man. Jesus Christ. I, I mean, I don't know. And I think when you own your own business, you start to see some of the small stuff and, and you're like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I think it's kind of like when you have to buy something, say your parents buying it for you, appreciate it more. Oh, heck Groceries, yeah. for sure. Heck yeah. Like your, your, your first car, you're out there every time it's sunny, washing it and wiping it down. Oh shit. There's a bug on there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like you were just saying, like, how do people, how are the people at their own houses and stuff like that? Like I have, so most of my route is really, really clean. Right. And then I have a few stores that just, I don't think they've mopped the floor since the building's been there since they took over. Right. Or whatever, how long it's been. But like it's just so dirty walking in there, like shit, like grabbing a door handle. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, is like absolutely. I literally wash my hands before I leave that account every single time. That's crazy. Like I, I, I don't have a kitchen, and I'm just like, well, the kitchen is clean, but everything else is dirty as fuck. I'm like, yeah. Like sweep the fucking store, sweep your cooler or something. God damn, man! I don't. Yeah, people become nose blind. I guess that would be the term. I have, I have a friend of mine I work with. I he got uh, started dating this psycho ass chick, and she just moved in and brought her animals. And I walked in his house. I was like, "What the fuck happened here?" I was like, "It smells like somebody took a shit." Um, in the, I was just, and he's like, "I don't smell anything." <laughs> I was like, "Are you serious?" Hmm, that sounds I, familiar. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to throw one of those, like a, like a bomb in here, just <laughs> knock that smell out. Jeez. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, I'm very particular about how things are. I, I'd like to keep, you know, if you're in a gym, you're always touching shit. You want it to be clean. Uh, and well, I, just, I always I don't tell him, it. it's like, you wouldn't go to a hotel and it was dirty and then want to stay there or a restaurant if it's dirty. So why would you not want the place you go to, like a place of business or your, your home or something yeah, like that? Look yeah. like that. I, I don't I don't understand I I don't get it but uh, you know people are fucking disgusting yeah I try not to cuss but it just comes out so easy <laughs> I'm trying to be real respectful city of mayor over here dropping the f's so as far as the city goes what plans do you have for it well there and what's even in your control you know and I th- that's that's going to be one of those things it, it's going to you, there's going to be a lot of missteps along this way, along the way to doing this. Yeah. I'm going to have to learn as I go. Uh, there's going to be some speed bumps. Um, to me, I think that uh, government always is going to have a place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, there, there's no way around it. Um, I don't really, me personally, I don't believe in big government. I know that, you know, I, I kind of side more in the middle, but I am a Republican. I, I understand both sides, but to me, I don't think there really should be a side. I think that we all live in this damn city, mm-hmm. but 
we're going to have to get back to the basics of governing. Uh, you know, if 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 you can't be if the streets aren't safe and people don't feel safe, the the city's never going to grow. Yeah, uh, you know that that's like those two businesses that were going to come here that they, they oh, walk yeah. around and you know they they look at the demographics of stuff. And they think that, you know, this is not going to work. Well, we've got to figure it out. You know, I don't know what the city council, what the city council controls. Excuse me. Um, but, it, you know, I, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing for somebody to send me a message and be like, look, I'm going to I'm going to school you into a little bit of stuff. And I'm I will take in everything in like a, a dry sponge and I'll absorb it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there's going to be. You know, there, obviously, there's going to be a lot of missteps, and I don't have the answers for everything. And I and I'll tell you this: <clears throat> one thing that I've I've learned um, from watching a lot of these people, especially on TV, <clears throat> talk a lot of these senators and people that are in that government role, they give a lot of softball answers to hard hitting questions. When somebody really wants to know the answer to something, it, you're they'll say some go shit. to my website uh, the, it just yeah, yeah it, it just so like good. i don't whatever whatever you said i feel like i'm dumber after listening to <laughs> it's like billy madison <laughs> exactly yeah. thank you but that made no fucking sense <laughs> yeah um yeah. I, I don't know what it's gonna take but I'm, I'm telling you i am jeopardizing my railroad career of 10 years and living a very comfortable lifestyle i'm stepping away from my job that provides you know, a great lifestyle for this. And mm-hmm. that means, and if un- somebody doesn't understand how serious I am, that should be, that should tell you yeah. everything. You know, I, I, I could fall on my face and the, the city mayor, you only get two terms, two terms at four years, a term. So I'm literally, I'm walking away from my retirement, everything. That's how serious I, I I'm taking this. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know what it's going to take to get people, but I'm an annoying son of a bitch. I'm going to beat on the door. I'm going to anybody that's in the past that's looked businesses like the 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 Electrolux. They've shut down. I think they're ninety. They're only ten percent open. Mm-hmm. They shut down ninety percent of their plant. Find out what what was the reason. What yeah. was there? Or is there? Now that they're having to pay the, these huge amount of city taxes, is that's, it, I think it, that's what it was. Remember, they were getting those tax cut, that yeah, tax well, breaks or whatever. Well, it was? I, and I understand that people are going to be like, "Well, now it's time for you to pay." But can we transition and figure out a little bit somewhere a wiggle room in yeah. the middle? Because if you, there's not jobs, what the hell does it matter? Yeah, yeah. people are going to pack up and they're going to move somewhere else, and then you don't have any taxpayer money anyway. Uh, I think there. Are, you know, like I told you, whatever the hell they're doing, I live right there downtown. I look of what's going on uh, over the bluff mm-hmm. and, and on Riverside Drive. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing's going on. What the hell? You know, who the, Who's being held accountable for the, the restaurant that they didn't put run gas to? Oh, yeah. I heard that. That's so crazy, man. Uh, so that, that uh, Tommy Park yeah, is yeah. 50, $55 million renovation right now. Is what it's you know when it's finally done mm-hmm. and stuff. It's what it's going to cost. Apparently, oh, we all know it's probably going to be more than that, right? But like, and then the and then everything's the, going to be over budget. Right. You can and just then, pretty and much then the say restaurant, that. Uh, the landing. It's called the, the landing. landing, right? I mean, not to run a gas line to uh, how, how the you, fuck I, do you get away with that? I don't know. And who who was it the the people that built it fuck up or was it the planning board or who, who how did all these people not catch that mistake like I you don't had know. the you had the construction guys you had the normal guys construction city city planner you know every 
per, there's probably like 30 people looking at I can plans. tell you what it is. A lot of people that are overpaid that don't yeah. know shit. They were their cousin of somebody, a relative yeah. that is a city council. Somebody's getting their their pockets padded. Look, this city is no different than Detroit or any of these other large cities. There's a, I guarantee you that there's a lot of corruption in this city. People are getting paid out the back door. Hey, I'll I'll let you get this job, and you know I'm gonna slide this. That shit is going to stop. Yeah. You're you're talking about misappropriation of taxpayers' funds. It's insane. And it goes on, and it will still go on regardless of me or whoever else. It's going to go on. But the, 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 it's ridiculous. It, it, somebody needs to put their foot down just because it's happening over the last 20, 30, however many years. Yeah. The shit's ridiculous. It will eventually stop with the right people in power. I yeah, believe, I, you know? I believe so. And making people held accountable. In my line of work, you are held accountable every single day. Yeah. I, I live that because— you can kill someone. It, it, we, I live in, I work in a dangerous environment. We move very heavy shit and a lot of moving components. Someone can die at any point in time. So we're always held accountable 100% of what we're doing is working in a, in a safety or in any safety procedures. But uh, that's the kind of life I live. And, you know, what the hell? The, the, these people have got to be held accountable. Every step that they make, because, you know, it's a lot of money that's going into all of these projects downtown and or in just in general in the city. And where the hell is the money going? Yeah, that's, you And, know. you know, I, I'm going to touch base on some other stuff. Um, and I don't want to sidestep. Did, did you know that about the crime? There was there was uh, something similar to the Leicester Street murders that happened a couple weeks ago. Uh and I, I hate to move forward on this. And no, you good. Um, there was, I think it was five people that were stabbed. Uh, a little girl, she was four years old, and you could probably look it up. Uh, she was killed. Mom was killed, and there was two other. I think In the small last kids. couple of weeks. This was a couple of days ago. Oh wow, I didn't hear. I didn't even think I heard about this. Well, what do you not hear about? What that that was on the news. What do you what do you think that you're not hearing about? I can tell you this. Okay, and. As of 2022, at the end of April, there was been 74 homicides. That was down from last year. Okay, the city of Memphis homicides in twenty in 2021, 346 homicides in just the city. We're not talking about the county. Yeah. We're not talking about outside. That is the city. And that was, that was a record, right? That was, that was a record, record high. That we broke from uh, the year before. Yeah, because yeah. It, uh, 332 the previous year and then 284 the previous year of that. And, you know, we had a lot of that crazy shit that was going on. Somebody was shooting on 240. Or, oh, oh yeah. yeah. So the, then we can't – you demonize the police, so now we have no police. And, and – I uh, we had the the shit that happened on Bill Street was a couple three week three oh, four weeks ago the shooting and a stabbing so yeah. the shooting and then the very next weekend when they introduced back the Beal box away uh-huh. the, the cover charge so there were there was a stabbing on the north end with a police station or and, whatever side that is and the, then the, the week after that there was uh and fr- I was coming home getting off, got off work late on a Friday it was in the middle of the night um, Memphis chased two cars down uh, down uh, South Front Street, and they wrecked out, wrecked into five cars. Guy ran. The other one, I think, died. Wow. Because they were going so fast. That was in front of my building. Uh, what are we doing? 
Yeah. That's you know, it's like all this stuff is like you asked a very good question. We're doing nothing because we're doing. We don't have anybody to like. You think the cops give a fuck anymore? No, I don't that, think they do. All well, my cop, well, I'm not gonna say all my cop buddies, but I have cop friends. They're like, dude, like, what are we supposed to do? Like, if we do something and it's not what everybody likes, there goes our career. We have to move out of the fucking city. We have to move somewhere else. Or you know you have to move out of the state because right. you're going to end up on national news. Right. Uh, it's I, just like you know. Th- so a lot of my friends are like, man, you know, we 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 we're not going to quit because we have nowhere else to go. Right. So we're going to go. We're going to put on our vest. We're going to do everything we're supposed to do. We're going to keep the city as safe as we can while we're working. You know, and we're going to try to do what we can. But you know, we need more police. And you know, right now the police requirements have been lowered. To become a police officer, right. even if you have a record, they're willing to look at you. Now, 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 it can't be like murder, or drug charges, stuff like that. Like, dude, like, like if you have some kind of felonies, they're look, they might look the other way and still let you go to the like academy. a nonviolent, crime. yeah, yeah, something like that, okay. yeah. And that's huge for some people, right? And if like some misdemeanors and stuff like that, right? They're willing to actually look at what it is and figure out if you might make a decent police officer or not because they're hurting so bad. Right. They took that, they got rid of the two year college requirement again. They're, they're uh, lowering the requirements to become a Memphis police officer. And they're looking outside of the city. And I yeah, because now, now they're doing it to where you can do the, uh, you can live outside of Shelby County. And right. Stuff. What else do you have, Daniel? Um, let me see. I wrote some stuff down. Um, I mean, he was going to keep talking. No, so. keep going. Uh, if you keep, you're doing, you're actually doing a great job because <laughs> there's been no pauses, Roll. Thank you. Thank I, you. I don't know how many episodes we're, what we're up to now. Uh, but <laughs> Yours is going to be 166. You're doing a great fucking job. Thank you. See, no notes, no phone, no nothing. <laughs> My fucking bully over here. Come on, wrap it up, wrap it up. What you got? I don't want to get off this subject because it's very important, but you look great. I mean, if for somebody for somebody that doesn't know you or doesn't have social media or following you, uh, Roel is about 6'2", beautiful, permanent brown skin. <laughs> he's got dark, flowing hair and chiseled abs. He yeah, is, yeah. He's a great guy. That's, that's, my, uh, great guy. that's my avatar on my PlayStation. Uh, he is. He's gorgeous. I, I'll say that. He is... He's uh, I'm jealous. Thanks, boo. But no, like the cop thing, like, you know, is it? We're back again. I yeah, we're back again. Topics. Now, wait one second. Is it? Is it? No, bad? I, I, th- is this, it bad that we're dropping the requirements to keep as a cop in the city? Okay. And that now was the two year, two year college thing. Fuck the college. That's fine. Okay. But like the felonies and stuff like that. If you're it's writing bad, yeah, if you're writing like bad checks and shit, that means you got to have like a, you know, or whatever the felony might be or right. whatever. They're going to forgive. People like, can change, though. Yeah, they can. And I'm glad you said that because that makes me remember chargers, what I was going to talk about. Yeah, weed charges to all be gone away. Like, if you're in jail for, like, 10 years for, like, a pound of That's weed, fucking you should insane. be let go. Like, you should, you know, like. Um, I'm glad that you said that because that kind of um, reminds me of what I was going to talk about. That, uh, that night that that happened, I guess it's been, like, two weeks ago now. But I stopped down and talked to the, one of the officers down there, and a uh, real nice guy. And, uh, you know, kind of told him what I – what, or I told him I was running for city mayor and, you know, I was going to try to make a change to this shit. And uh, he explained to me, he said, you know, he said, our hands are tied. We, you know, we can't do anything if it chases, unless it's like a violent crime, they just turn the lights on, let them roll. And then that's it. Um, he told me that, you know, the biggest thing that they're right now, they're, they've assigned people that are tax, getting taxpayer money to, 
decide if cops can have tattoos, visible tattoos. That's Are a discussion? You fucking kidding me. Wow. That's so antiquated. Man. Yeah, because uh, this um, is, I mean, it's 2022. Be, Are we that fucking worried about it? Be, you know, I, uh, cars are getting broken into left and right. Uh, Bryson's 720 uh, McLaren, they knocked the window out of it. Oh, yeah. You know, $45,000. For it's, a window? It, it did that. It, when it uh, when they broke the window, it scratched the outside of the car, scratched the door panel on the inside, and then the seat. Wow. Yeah, like the crime is insane, man. Because like we had uh, Cricket and, and her son uh, White Sosa on here, and she was talking about how like she gets worried about him going downtown now. Yeah, to, to like perform or like do you know do appearances or what have you. And like back when we were younger, going out was like you go out late and you really think yeah. anything of yeah, it. Yeah, because we were all you know doing the same thing, and now you just never know what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, we all had a social life, and it. Yeah. I think you can contest to this. We didn't leave the house till 11, 30, 12 o'clock. No, at we night. didn't. And we were out till 5 o'clock in the morning. It, it's a different world we live in. The, yeah. the, the downtown area, you know, it's it's scary. I don't I don't go to Beale Street. I, hell, I live three blocks down the road from it. Yeah. Um, and that should be a place that people want to go A destination. To. Maybe I, not people that live here, but like tourists, that should be an attraction. And that's the thing I see. Like, I don't see a lot of our leadership having stuff where people are wanting to come to Memphis. Do you yeah. think they're they're is somebody's passing over the bridge, passing through Memphis, and yeah. then straight to Nashville? Yeah. Do you think that with people now starting, people from Nashville that are now investing into this Memphis, do you think that's going to become a bigger trend? Because you know they just bought Minglewood, right? They, so what are they doing with that? So it's redone. It's it's now Minglewood again. It's, okay. They're doing shows and stuff again. I think they had their first show last Friday or Saturday. Sometime this week. Oh, sometime this week? Yeah. And then, you know, uh, somebody from Nashville, I don't know the investment firm, they bought the building that uh, young uh, that uh, Mulan is in, uh-huh. and they bought the building that Sweetgrass is in. Okay. So they gave the opportunity to the sweetgrass owner to um, to stay. They raised his rent a little bit. Uh-huh. I forget how much it was. He was like, "No, fuck you." He's like, and he, he's like, "I'll just close here and I'll open somewhere else." But the guy that owns sweetgrass also owns Sunrise, the breakfast. Okay. So, yeah, you, know, yeah. he, you know, which is a good spot. Yeah. So I know him. Um, he's good friends with one of my store owners out there in Arlington, mm-hmm. and uh, he was telling me he was like, "Man, fuck all that," and. He's like, because, you know, they're turning the blue play right around Poplar into a sunrise. Oh, did they really? Yeah. They're, well, good... It's in development right now. Okay. And uh, so, like, he's like, fuck them. Let them let have the spot. I'll find something better. Make it something bigger somewhere else. I mean, I might, I might just build my own thing. But, like, what do you think about the people from out of, outside of the city now bringing money into, like, from, from Nashville trying to make Memphis great? I love it. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Let hey, let, let's knock some fucking buildings down. Let's put some cranes up. Let's get this let, let's get let's get it going. If you go to and we were talking about if you go to Nashville, there's six or seven cranes. Yeah. They're that, knocking that, stuff down and and the next time you go back in town it's halfway done. Let, yeah. Let's They're building hey, quick in if, Nashville. If you if you if you're a company in in New York, California, that's not tax friendly, and you want to come to this city, bring it, bring yeah. it. We, we'll knock some buildings down. The, the fucking city council and kiss my ass. We, we'll figure something out and we'll get the ball rolling. Because if if you don't have new stuff and new industry and and, and people are from out west, up north, I don't back door for all I give a shit. If they don't see like, hey, stuff's happening in Memphis, you know, maybe yeah. we don't go over to Nashville because real estate's too expensive. 
Come on. Heck yeah. Because like, um, you know, they're talking about building the Titans a new stadium so they can get the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's going to be like one of those, like the Dallas Cowboys with tracks, you know? Right. And like the city's already approved it. So probably a year soon, they're going to start building that thing. You know, yeah. probably the next time I go to Nashville, you probably see like a little skeleton or the ground leveling or something. Right. Like, it, dude, they, they, they make a decision and they start working. Yeah. There, there's no bureaucratic bullshit. Here we have a legist people to make sure that cops can have tattoos or not. Like, what the fuck? What are we like, doing? So, what, so, you know, we have friends that have tattoos that are cops and like, are they having to wear like a long sleeve shirt right now? So yeah, are they using that? like some kind of a spandex? Sleeve? Yeah, oh, like shit, uh, Under Armour makes one for cops God, that have tattoos. So it's, I, I think that we have a lot bigger issues going on in the city. Than cops having tattoos. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, because like even um, as far as like the city goes, if I was the mayor of the city, I wouldn't want that reputation to be on my resume. That no. like everything was not better after I took office. And you know, I'm not here. I'm not here to shit on Strickland, and I'm not here to shit on anybody that's going to run, anybody that's even in my party or the next. I th- that's one thing that I've always hated about politics. You know, you're you try to dig up some dirty little secret from someone's past. Mm-hmm. If you're not putting out good shit and and saying how we're how we're going to move forward and ahead, then you're not even. What are you doing? You're yeah. you're you're not bringing positive shit to the table. You're just in it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to be somebody that's focused forward. You know, maybe even tunnel vision. Yeah, you you just there. Something's got to give. And you know, I, I'm t- this this term uh, or this this some shit that I've heard for years. Come to Memphis for the barbecue. Stay because you got murdered. Oh, yeah, yes. I've seen that. No, come to Memphis and stay because you want to stay and move here. Yeah, you, you found something good that's in the city. Yeah, we don't have state tax. You know, the the housing market's good and booming. And you can buy buy a house so much cheaper and bigger and nicer and feel comfortable and, you know, love your neighbors and this and that. Like the area that y'all in, live in, I love it over here. Yeah, I like great. it over here too. You know, great. It, it just, so much shit. Can, it, the city could be so much better. And do I know what, what it's going to take to make it happen? I don't know, you know, but am I going to, am I going to stay up? Sleepless hours and, and, yeah. and try to make the shit happen. Absolutely. Yeah, I, because I'm not. T- I don't want to take this role on to fail. And who the hell would want to? Who you know? I and like I said, I'm not going to shit on Strickland, but nothing's getting safer. Yeah. And where you know where's his face? Where's you know where's the explanation? The definition of insanity is doing the same shit over and over again, thinking that there's going to be a different outcome. That's not verbatim, but you think that there's going to be a different outcome, and we've done the same thing over and over again. The last couple of mayors, they just the uh, Ford had to be every time I seen him out downtown because my parents' gym was on Main Street. He would eat at the restaurant that's it used to be next to the Hue. He would have three cops around him the whole time. You know why? Because he's that hated that much. They they cut the benefits and the pensions of these fire and police. Yeah. Give that shit back. Where is that money going to? What is the need to cut that? Well, remember they cut it back in 20, 2008, 2008, right? When the yeah. recession hit. Yeah. And everyone had to start taking pay cut. Like you could leave or you could go somewhere. You know, you, you had a choice of cashing out or whatever. Here's the thing. If you say you had you're at your retirement age and you had to retire. <clears throat> now you're living off that same bullshit. Yeah. And you've, you've worked your life away. Uh, um, I've got a good friend of mine, childhood friend. His dad retired at Memphis as a captain and he had to get another job. 
he opened up a, a consulting firm doing security. Because, I mean, the pension sucks, even as a captain. Yeah. It's just, I don't know the answers, but I can tell you this. I'm annoying as shit, and I'm going to find out the answers. If if I'm put in that role, I'm going to find out. Well, you may not know the answers, but what's being done right now is not working. Yeah, no. We, it's we not, know what's happening right now is not the answer. Right? It's not It's not the R or the D behind somebody's name. It, it's just the simple fact that it's not working. The the the. Their plan mm-hmm. or the path is it's gone wrong the last 15, 20 years, and there's got to be a change. And it, maybe it's because maybe it needs somebody that's young that that has a little bit more skin in the game because I don't know what these guys do. They may, after they do their two terms, they may run off to another city, maybe yeah. out to Nashville. I live here. This is where my family is. This is where my businesses are. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. And I don't like the way that it's going. And if I have to, you know, if I have to walk around with a loaded gun everywhere I go in the city of Memphis, that's that there's something wrong. Yeah. It's a false safe it's a false sense of security living downtown when people are walking from say wherever from Beale Street or Silly well from Peabody or whatever, right? And walking home like to where y'all live and stuff like yeah. that. That's a pretty distant walk from Silly Goose to where your house is, you know? Like Absolutely. Up to the Blue Monkey. Anything could happen in that distance. And but to think that nothing's going to happen, that's where you're wrong. Yeah, Something could happen. You know, you never know. And let me tell you this. Just because some of the shit's going on in the hood, in Orange Mound, or in Frazier, or uh, out any in those, in those places, don't think that it can't come to your backyard. And when it does, then you wait till then till you're worried about it. Because the shit's going on in Carterville, it's spreading out to East Memphis, to these multi-million dollar homes mm-hmm. in Germantown. The shit is beating on your door. And if, if something doesn't happen, what are we doing? What I mean, it, it, it's... It's an implosion waiting to happen. It, it's a ticking time bomb, and it's something something needs to be done. And I always say, like, if somebody is stealing, why are they in that position they have to steal? And instead of demonizing those people, like, try to figure out a reason why they're in that position and to help them out, to get out of I mean, there's just some shitty people that just want to fuck up shit to right. fuck up shit. But a lot of people are doing it out of necessity. Right. And especially how the economy and stuff is going right now. Like, there's people that were up high at one time who are down below now. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for, like, go to storage and steal, you know, just to feed their families and stuff like that. Okay. And I'm glad you that you said that. Uh, my my plan is to get back to the basics. Get back to the basics. And what I mean by that is why is mom and dad mom and dad separated dad's not in the picture or whatever mom is working two three jobs trying to make ends meet one two kids she's not home she's working crazy ass hours so the kids they're not at home doing the homework they're out running the street yeah. acting a fucking fool what is it going to take to get mom either a better education to get a better job or a better paying job just in general. So she can be home at night and making sure that kid. So, cause it, it's a trickle effect. Uh, so now that kid is out roaming around and that's the lifestyle. He, he he's a grown to, mm-hmm. he's not paying attention in school. He flunks out. Now he has no formal education at all yeah. and he's running the street. Uh, yeah. Cause it, they always say like kids will resort to like gangs and stuff like that. Absolutely. That family. One hundred percent. So you know. now you know he doesn't have any. He he's joined a gang or whatever. Uh, 
Now he has no education, no ability to get a job, and he's selling drugs. And next thing you know, he's got a gun. Now he gets popped for by a cop rolling up, sold a dime bag, had a pistol. Gun so now he's got a gun charge and a marijuana charge. Now he's doing a dime in a nickel in, yeah. in, in county. So he gets out. Now he's got a gun possession charge and a drug charge. You think he's he's going to get a job somewhere? Uh-huh. So. He's a part of the system now. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing it, it would have taken is a, a parent that was home because she had a better job, and 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 took you know not a scope, but had had their kid at home during their homework. And where you know the teachers, um, you know, I'm not saying that they're at fault, but you know the 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 education system in the city. I'll give you some numbers here. Um, in the state of uh, state, this is Tennessee, the Shelby County. This is actual the county in um, twenty twenty one. Obviously, the kids haven't graduated yet. Let's see, let me get the right numbers. Move here. your mic down a little bit, Dan. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Shelby County, twenty twenty one, seventy seven point seven percent graduation rate. Twenty twenty two, or correction, twenty twenty. 79% graduation rate. Obviously, you know, we had the crazy shit with, with COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I can understand that number. Every city surrounding the, the county schools are all above 95%. All above. So these, and I, I understand the, these teachers, what, you know, what motivation do they have? None. Where, where's the motivation? Okay. Because I know some school teachers. Okay. You have a teacher that is making... Let's see. A teacher makes at tenure fifty six thousand dollars a year. That's the, that's her top gross. Fifty six thousand four hundred forty four dollars is the top amount of money that uh, a county or a city of Memphis teacher can make. Wow, that's nothing. Yeah. So, so let's say that teacher is single. She's living in an apartment now. She's buying school supplies for these kids that you know they're underprivileged. They have no money. You know they they can't pay for anything extra. So she's buying buying school supplies for these kids. She's living in a fucking one bedroom apartment, barely getting by. She's got the same college car her parents bought her in college. So she's paying for rent because rent's still high in apartments. The the cheapest one I've seen in a decent area is going fourteen hundred fifty bucks a month. So. You know, she she's paying rent, shitty car that breaks down all the time. She barely getting by. She's got all of this shit to worry about, and then she's molding the minds of these kids. Yeah. Well, it's like are my, you fucking kidding me? It's like, look, a principal, uh, city of Memphis principal, hundred and nine or correction, hundred and six thousand dollars is what they make. That's double. Yeah. That's double what a teacher makes. Uh, I know principals. Most of them have master's degrees. I, I mm-hmm. believe. Okay. Memphis superintendent, a hundred and ninety thousand uh, dollars. It's you know work it like a you know a private business. Uh, your manager is doing a bullshit job. Yeah, let him go. You, you, you got to work from yeah. the top all the way down to the bottom. You know that's a part of being the the boss. You know you you sometimes you get your ass shit can if you're not if your people aren't are producing. So maybe you need to kick them in the ass, but. Why are, you know, the, the, going getting back to the teachers, you know, they, these people are the ones, you know, they got to go to work every day. They're stressed out about paying bills. You know, why are they getting paid so shitty? Uh, that's that's nothing. If I, I could not survive off of $56,000 yeah. a year. There's I mean, no especially way. With my, well, I have a friend, she, she works at, uh, I forget the school's name, but she had made a post on Facebook that she was looking for a certain book. 
and she needed 26 copies and she wanted everyone on Facebook to come together and let her borrow the books and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, and I think the books were like seven bucks a piece or something like that on Amazon. And I was like, hey, well, I'll tell you what, let me just buy the books for your for the class. And yeah. you all just keep the books. And then that next year you guys can use the same books over and over and over. Which is awesome. You know, and then like she was like, no, 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 you have to do that. I was like, and I really saw the math. It was only like, you know, I say it was like 200 bucks total or something like that. But like. She told me, like, we, we, we talk all the time again, and all the time now, and stuff. And, like, she's telling me, like, you know, she doesn't understand why they can never get, like, a decent raise. Because, you know, she's buying supplies for her kids. Like you just said, she, um, you know, some of these kids don't come to school with food. So, she, you know, she makes yeah. extra, she makes extra food. Which no one get which kid's not going to probably have food to eat, you know, yeah. at lunchtime. So, she gives her, or, I mean, she gives them, like, food, like, she made, like, how she makes her her kids' food, you know? So it's just, she has two kids, so just now that she knows that's going to be two extra kids at school that doesn't have anything, she's making four lunches for the day, you know, right. like whatever. So that's 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 extra added stuff right there, too, you know? And it's like, it just keeps on going and going like that. Like, it's just never enough money because, like you said, they don't get paid shit. No, they don't. And, you know, th- th- those are the people that, yeah, I'm looking at that. Uh, <laughs> I almost lost my train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. And it sounded like, you know. Well, like these you are said- the people that are molding these kids' minds, and these are the kids that are out on the street that you have to worry about, you know, becoming something. And I- I'll tell you this. Uh, I kind of take it this way. If a kid, and I think this is just human nature, if a kid has somebody sitting in their in, in their side, you know, rooting for them, and they're doing good, they're going to continue. That's that's going to be the, the the pull forward to to keep doing. Yeah. But when you have somebody that's not motivated, and you know the kid's doing piss poor, it's gonna it's gonna continue through life. And yeah. these are the people that you know these are the people that live in the city, and they, these are the people that you need working for you and to continue growing this city it is a trickle down effect and that is what we're looking at and i you know i, I can't blame it you know it's you know i can't blame it on mom and dad sometimes but because they didn't get a formal education but shit you know who are you gonna blame yeah. it, and that's what i'm saying you know start from the basic you know bottom of the the what the fuck is going on you know like also like maybe like Offer free secondary education, not like to like do like roads or something like that, right. but maybe just provide like an education to people that want to get better paying jobs for their future of their families, you know. And I know there's something like that that they offer like free like community college or something like that, but like maybe like maybe like a free trade school or something. Right. Well, you know, and and I agree with you the same way because not everybody has to go to college. Fuck, I I hated school. Yeah, I hated it. I I went to Ole Miss because it's Ole Miss, and we partied a lot. Um, but you know, I, and the, what's so crazy is I've got guys that I worked with. Once you was a pro baseball player. One was a, a pro football player. I, I mean. It, you don't have to go to college, yeah. You know, because those are the same guys I, I work with. They, at one time, they made shitload of money, but uh, you don't necessarily you don't you have to go to college. But you have to give these kids that their their brains are forming. You've got to give them a push. Uh, some reason, some way to get ahead. And I and the city of Memphis has got too many fucking chiefs. So f- let's fire some chiefs and work use some of that money to push back into the city. Uh summer programs. I talked to a guy at Barware one night. Um 
he is a school teacher in the inner city, and he said that you wouldn't believe that they've they've shut down uh, two after school programs that were in the area. So now those kids are just doing whatever. Mm-hmm. He said he, you know, he wasn't getting paid, but you know, I think they shut the building down mm-hmm. be- because it was to keep it lit after hours and then provided security uh, or with with the the city of police. But that, that that's what I'm talking about. You know, if you don't have something for the kids to do after school that have nothing at home to do, shit. When what I was do you that think, age, what do you think they're gonna do? You I, know if, what I'm if, if I lit, if it wasn't for my parents, because like I said, I grew up, I grew up in a rough ass part of, of of Whitehaven. If it wasn't my for my parents and both of my parents being in my in my life and them realizing that we've got to get the fuck out of here or something's got to change, yeah. I would be in the same situation as these kids. I what are that? What's that? Uh, they made a documentary or a movie about that white kid that ended up being like some massive drug dealer in Detroit. I could, oh, White Boy Rick. Yeah, White Boy Rick. I could have been White Boy Daniel. I, <laughs> fucking, I, you know, it you never know. It, it could have easily happened to me. Yeah. Uh, so there, there, there has to be some way to to lift these parents up, get these, you know, better paying jobs. Uh, to to get a shoe up on life not everybody starts at the at the same at the same point you know but there there's got to be some way to to put some passion in these kids to get them ahead uh, and you know it it starts with the lady that sees them you know 5 days a week that's with them a majority of the time mm-hmm. uh and if, if she's stressed it's just a continuous of you know what right so. because if she's stressed all the time She's not going to really put her heart into it like she wants to. You know, she might be the greatest teacher ever. Yeah. But if she's not physically, I mean, mentally there Man, for a you day know, or I, a week or two weeks. When, even with my job, I, you know, I'll be, I'll be running engine and I'm dealing with, uh, okay, did we make sure that we got all the bills paid uh, at the gym and everything? Everybody's paid or had a contractor come and do something. I've got to make sure. And I zone the fuck out of what exactly mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing. So, and they, it can happen, you know, with the school teacher too. You know, the stresses of life. There's got to be a way to get a but get these kids ahead. Though. Maybe when you're mayor, you should make sure that teachers don't have to pay out of their own pocket for like supplies for their classroom classrooms and stuff. I think that you know, and like I said, there's too many chiefs. I, I that's what I think. I, you, there's a better way. That you can find the money because if you can find the money to dump into the pyramids, a Bass Pro can come here for yeah, fucking free. True, then true, you can you can, you can get these teachers. Yeah. Period. Yeah, because it's like they say, uh, we're kind of a product of our environment. And so, like, if these kids are at home and they don't see anything, like, fulfilling or worthwhile, they're going to think that's all their level. Their ceiling's going to be very low. But it's like, I, I love Tupac, but, like, he has a quote, talk, or it's a poem, actually. It's a, the rose that grew, the, grew through concrete. And it's talking basically like some people will judge a rose growing through concrete, but it's like, will you not marvel at the beauty of a rose that came from nothing up right. top? So, like, these kids that are in these areas, just because they're in a bad area doesn't mean they can't achieve anything. They right. just have to have some nourishment and some somebody that can push them in that right direction to move forward, to get past this this area or this mindset that people around them are in. And a lot of times, some people are scared to get out of that, out of that mindset because they don't want to be judged by the people around them. But once you start showing people there's more to life and their everyday bullshit that they do, I think most people want to go on the other side. And so, yeah, if we can get people like to help out and do more, then I think that's the most amazing thing the city can, you know, have done. Yeah, and uh, something that I, I it's what I've kind of lived by 
ever since I was young, I don't be okay with being okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just something that I've been burned into my head. Um, I'm fortunate enough to you know, be in the right or my parents to, to be so focused on, you know, making sure that they provided their kids with a better life. I've got two sisters and a brother uh, that they, they were so focused on being successful and making sure that their kids had everything that they need and were on the right path. I, I'm just lucky that I was able to sit back and watch that. And, it, you know, it molded my mind. I have a, a business sense about me, even though, you know, a lot of people know me like, in the social setting, I can be a loud mouth and make joke. When it comes to when it comes to business and paying the bills at the end of the day, and my company, dude, I'm as hard nosed as it is no. with anything. Uh, I, I don't, even though I'm very good to my people, I don't, I don't take no bullshit. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, because it's just my livelihood, and I, I'm just, I, I want that same, I want that same for for other people that you know. Don't have the push. Yeah. I, you know, the community centers teaching these kids that are right there on the edge of graduating of like, hey, you know, maybe college is not for you, but this is you, you can get into welding or this or that. Some of these tech schools are like plumbing or electric. Yeah. These guys make great fucking money. My, ba- my buddy Terry right now, he's got so much work coming in. He doesn't have enough plumbers. Yeah. He's got, he's got like, he's trying to hire people to have like maybe two or three crews going out and do knocking all these jobs out. And every time he says, sometimes one crew won't show up. Sometimes no one shows up. It's just him running. So he goes to the first job, finishes, goes to the second job, finishes, you know, as, as many as he can physically do in a day, 15, 16, 17 hours a day. Right. And then he goes home, sleeps, starts again. Hopefully people are showing up to come to work. If they didn't, he does it himself again because, you know, he has to do it because he has kids and shit. You know, like this is how he get. this is how he makes his money. And if he's not doing it, his company's going to go under, unfortunately. Yeah. I think we need to have more mentor programs, too. Yeah. I, I mean, people that have come from those that those parts of town uh, so they can, you know, they come from that same area that have become successful. This is what I've done. You know, shit, if that's where you come from and you've become a success and you're that's a product of what you you you've, were able to get out of there. I mean, why wouldn't you you know waste the afternoon to come and talk to some kids that are just if if they're fatherless, you know that, that are just grabbing for some kind of a a man's attention for mm-hmm. a father figure. Uh, man, I just I get it. Uh, it could have it could have gone any way with me. Uh, so I you know like I said, I'm very fortunate, and some of these kids just don't. You know their starting point sucks. Yeah, their 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 starting point really really sucks. Because I know, like we had Hopper was Hopper Seeley. Yeah, he owns Grind City Brewery, and he even said like they do kind of that like an intern where like people for teach them like the ins and outs of the brewing business. Uh huh. So that's something that maybe a kid you know from South Memphis or North Memphis or whatever wouldn't probably do initially, but. That might be a passion of theirs. Right. You know, that so. they didn't even know until they got their feet wet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I, I just want to, I don't believe in, in big government, but I, you know, like I said, that I, I believe it has its place. Um, I, I just get back to the basics, man. You know, help people when they need help. Stop wasting money on stupid shit. Why I got to drive down the road and blow a fucking tire out because the, the, the roads are garbage. I just, Simple shit. And I, you know, 
Obviously, I'm sitting here and don't know what what the cost of everything is, and I don't have a spreadsheet, and I can't even tell you what it is. But I, I just think that there's a better way to governing, and you, you get somebody that's got a fire lit up under their ass and has a passion and wants to do something instead of somebody sitting back like, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. It's just the way it is, and there's not a whole lot we can do about it because that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So the, I read this yesterday or two days ago. The city of Memphis has 2,600 or 3,600 claims right now for busted tires on potholes and stuff like that. And the person that's in charge for the city for that like division or whatever said, this was some of the response was something like, we're doing the best we can and at the most effect- effective manner we can. That was his, that was the answer. That was the quote. Some something like on those words. Well, that was the quote. That's crazy. And that was that was it. That because I guess the news asked them, "What are y'all doing about all these claims y'all are getting?" Because we having people hit us up about not getting any kind of response from y'all. And the response was, "You know, we're doing the best we can in the most effective time possible." Yeah. Uh, like I said, <laughs> are we getting too late? Damn, we're on almost an hour and a half. Um, like I said, I think that we start from the bottom, work our way up. Uh, I don't have any certain one thing. And yeah. I, I had somebody say, well, what are you going to campaign on? You know, what what is going to be your couple of – I'm all, all of it. I, I'm going to cover it all. Um the, the the crime, the roads, the education, how to how to bring bring back big business to the city. How how are we gonna knock down some of these old shitty buildings that are staying vacant with wood in front of their windows? How are we gonna do it? Uh I, I want the best of the best. I I want people with the same kind of passion that have just been kind of pushed aside. Hey, be quiet over there. We got this. That I want the people that are pushing them to the side to to go somewhere else, go find another fucking job in the private sector, and and the the people that really want and have that passion to bring back you know the city of Memphis. And I didn't. My grandmother used to tell me that she used to take the train ride from uh, Batesville to downtown, and her and her mom used to shop on Main Street. And she said it was so magical. Uh, she's just all the the shopping and the the uh, trolley that run through downtown. You know, I want that same thing. I want people to be able to come to Memphis with their kids and not have to worry about yeah. you know some bum. Hey, you got a dollar? Uh, you know, I I don't want that. I don't want that to be you know what downtown's known of, uh, known for, um, because that's what it is now. And you know, it's terrible, terrible. Uh, and I wouldn't if I had kids. I wouldn't bring my kids down Bill Street during the day. Mm. No. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but the like I said, the current. Isn't, situation is not the not the answer because yeah, we're spinning our tires uh you're right you know I, I don't know what the answer is i'm just going to be the loud annoying person that either what you i said something to you about the other day uh what you said oh, on Sunday, i had yeah. no idea that tupac ever said that yeah. i may not be the person what verbatim what is it it's uh i may not change the world but i guarantee you i'll spark the brain of the person that will change the world that and is i remember beautiful. we had that conversation on sunday at uh memphis in may that is yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Daniel's like, you know, it may not be me, but at least I'm going to be the loud, yeah. the loud one to get everything, you know, yeah. moving. But why not it be you? Why? I mean, and, and you know, there may be somebody with more money, more knowledge, uh, that's able to, that's got more of a public name that may be able to get it. But I want them to know that there's going to be somebody and more people like me that are are loud mouth that are going to be like. He's over here saying this. Why aren't you? Now yeah. that we have elected you, why aren't you doing anything? Uh, 
there's got to be an answer to it. Because I think it's the thing where people are so focused on the public or not public, but like the presidential elections, but they don't really worry about the lower level elections. Like, you know, those people just keep sliding in because the people that normally vote for them or vote for them. But the people that come out in droves for the presidential election are not going to come out like that. Another thing I think that we find a lot in politics now that even on um, a mayor and governor, these aren't just regular people. These are people that have been in the system and been been in politics or either attorneys that and then that attorney, they, they either they are on their own practice or and they've got some kind of a tie to city city politics. Mm-hmm. But I mean, because if you're an attorney, and you know, a judge, you're going to have some kind of a tie in, in city politics. But these are these aren't ordinary people. These aren't people that are working nine fives. They uh, they've they've been in the system and. It that's the same shit that we're dealing with now, and it just it's a continuous career politics. Yeah, it, it's insane. I would rather somebody that is going to make a couple of bad steps and with a loud mouth that you know that this guy there's a reason why he's leaving his job to do this, and it's not some guy that's an attorney yeah. and his practice is in in drive in coast in cruise control that, that he doesn't he can step away from. Yeah, I mean we've been seeing it a lot more recently though. But the little man like the that David is beating the Goliath. Yeah. So anything is possible. And like I said, not starting is the worst thing people can do. Yeah, because I, and you know, another th- uh, one of the things I told my dad, he's like, because he said, man, he said, I know you don't, you've never done anything wrong. Um, he said, but, you know, somehow the skeletons will come out. But I told him, I said, man, I, what am I going to look back 15, 20 years from now and be like, man, I could have really done that. Mm-hmm. So many people live with regret. Yep. And my, my, I believe my dad does the same thing. My, my, my actual father, I, I believe he deals with regret, you know, things that he would have rather have done than But he had kids and he had responsibilities. I don't have any kids. I, my responsibility is me. Yeah. That's the, the thing about being a public servant is you're supposed to serve the public. Right. And you're not, you're supposed to disconnect your your own core values from what your job is because when you, when you're elected you're elected by the people and yeah. you, those people those people are, are who you need to have the 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 mass of what they want done mm-hmm. instead of like your own self idealistic a lot of them are self-serving absolutely you know yeah. like they they get rich being in public office which is insane you know they generally don't make an exorbitant amount of money, but when they leave office, they make a shit ton of money. After I become the mayor, I'm going to write uh, write my first book. So Amazon, <laughs> here we come. Yeah, it's exactly. no, it's, it's going to be short and a lot of pictures. You know, it's it's like it's like you know the people that sit on the on the um what is it called the council people city council so city council like the people that sit on there. Like their friends are getting all these contracts. Absolutely. Like, it's like, oh no, they were the lowest bid. The news is like, oh, no, this company was lowest bit by like over 100000 or something. You know, they keep yeah. on digging until they find stuff. But, oh, we, we must have not seen that bid then. It's crazy how, like they say, like everyone that's sitting on the city council, all their friends getting all these contracts and getting all these permits to cut the grass when they don't even cut the grass. They're still getting paid from the city and stuff. You know, it's like one other thing, the carjackings. Up 60% in the city. Uh, that's just one number. One of the other things that I had wrote down. Um, 60%. 60%. Crazy. Um, How do we stop if, that? Like, more police? Well, I mean, you know, that, that goes back to 
if we start to fund them again, uh, you bring them back to their pensions, uh, pay them a little bit better. Yeah. There's so many fat cats in this city. You can get online and actually see any city employee what they what they what they get paid. There's some people in there making some jack. I mean, big time CEO kind of money. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much all I had. Well, we could always the, do another one, you know, since once you start getting deeper and deeper yeah, into I, it. And I'll, I'll learn a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll have a better idea and I'll, I'll have better notes by then. Um, but like I can say, everybody starts at zero. Everybody starts at the bottom. Yeah. Like somebody that was the first person that created the mayor position or presidential position or well, George Washington, but like the, you know, eventually those people, you know, we get to where we're at now. And a lot of times we need to, change the way things are done we can't just have stuff always be the same old same old and so for people like fresh bud like you coming in you know with a new set of eyes and you know you lived in the city you've seen how it was at one time you heard what your grandma said and to what we're at today and to be one to change that is just amazing like most people they always question like trump and stuff like that like why did he run for office when he had so much money or you know his age and stuff like that but it's just like if anybody wants to do better, let them try to do better. Right. You know, so. I, I, I agree. You know, I, I definitely agree. Um, the uh, anybody with the passion that to, to try to get ahead, if you're if if, if you uh, anybody that's got a passion like that, that that, you know, they've done successful in the private and they think that they have some type of a niche or they think ideal, idealistically that they can do something to, to push the push any kind of like a political forward. Yeah. I, you know, more power to you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can, if you, if you can do it. And like I said before, I don't, uh, I don't want to go through this, this and try to knock anybody. Uh, you know, uh, I don't want it to do it the scumbag way. I want, I want to try to be forward focused and, and try to make the city better. And using my time, to, to dig up bad shit on somebody, mm-hmm. they're just it, it's not going to work. I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just it's not a it's not a good just, just being a human nature. It's fucking shitty. Uh, and if anybody's out there, you know, even not even in the city of Memphis, if if you've got any you know tips, know a better way of approaching things um, would be any type of help. Man, look me up on Instagram. I'm going to start. Uh, we're going to try to work on it this weekend get a Facebook page, shoot me a message. If you're even interested in helping, mm. if you got some free time, I don't know. I don't know what the, the, and I haven't really got into that part of it yet, but I don't know what financial gains that somebody could make. If you're on an election thing, because all of that stuff has to be public. Yeah. You know, you, you have to, and I, you know, if somebody's got some free time or, you know, if you, those people can be paid and it'd be legal, if hell, if you just want to donate money, uh, I'm going to try to get all this up by the end of the week. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll take the, the criticism, you know, Hey, you're not doing it right. This is what you need to do. I, I'm all for it. Uh, any, any help, any and all help. I I would appreciate it. Um, it, it's going to be a learning process for me. Um, it's, it's, you know, something that I've never done before. I've, I'm, but I'm willing to take the leap. Um, I think that's awesome, man. Like, so when you first told me about it, 
I know it, it, it was kind of like is this guy yeah well, Tony's like yeah you know he's running for mayor I was like what yeah he like the end I, I was like are you guys bullshitting yeah. like, when I took a picture of all the paperwork when I turned it in the last little bit of paperwork I t- turned it in I was like it's April 1st after I did that it's like, <laughs> oh people are gonna think I'm full of shit <laughs> No, no man, it's I, it's true. It's uh, I think it's 100%. awesome, man. Because like I said, none of, him and I are both not. I'm not from here. I'm originally from Omaha. He's from South Africa. Mm-hmm. But we love Memphis, man. So it's yeah, just like sure. to see the city yeah. the way it's been. You know, when, when I first I moved here in 91, so I was 12. And then to where it's at now, it's just like, what the fuck, man? What What is going on? And that's I just keep going back to. It's not just Strickland. It's, it's all the people that were in power at one time. It's like, why do you let something that is your place where you're representing get to the place it's at now? Yeah. You know, it's just like you it would kill me if I was the mayor and I see places like Nashville killing it because they are. Yeah. Uh, There's got to be there's got to be a reason why people are skipping over Memphis and going straight to Nashville. Yeah. I mean, we have a a popular landmark in Elvis, uh, you know, Bill Street, you know, um, all the other stuff we had, we're known for the, having a park in the middle of the city. So it's just like there's a lot of opportunity here, but it's just you have to do something with those opportunities. Right, right. And a lot of people are at the point now where instead of trying to fix the place, they want to jump out ship or talk shit about the city. Right. Well, and do you get that like, a lot. And it's like what you're doing. Instead of talking the talk, you're actually walking the walk. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that we talked about as much as I have knowledge of of the uh, the mayoral <laughs> shit. If you want to get into the nitty gritty dirtiness of bodybuilding, we can talk about that. We can call it quits. I can go drink a cold beer at the house. Well, let me ask you this: So, what mark do you want to leave on Memphis? What mark do you want to leave on the world? And what's your advice for people? I think that uh, the city of Memphis, I just want to leave it in a better place than what I picked it up as. Uh, Maybe I have some type of a dream that I think that the way it could be, man, maybe it's just a dream. But I just know that if I if I live here and I'm going to continue living here, something's got to change. Uh, The world. Jesus Christ. Just be nice to each other. You know, stop getting on social media and belittling the shit out of folks. I so many so often I, I get on and I do and I'm guilty of this too. I get on social media and somebody has posted something or whatever. If you, I don't care if you might be have one arm and you're flexing in front of a mirror. So, there's got to be a reason why that pe- person posted that picture, and there will be 50 comments of how big of a dipshit you look like. I just oh, that yeah. stuff has got to stop. I've skipped over. You know, sometimes I'm thinking, you know. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But I, I think that, you know, start being a little bit nicer to people, you know, start kindness. Um, and I think the, what did you say the last? Oh, uh, what's your advice for people? It'd go back to, uh, let's see, my, my personal, the, the way I, I think, um, I the, the never being okay. Mm, I like that. But um, I, I read something the other day and I, I'll pull it up. It's just like, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. Mm. Every, everybody, you know, everybody starts at a different starting point. Right. That like, I mean, that touched home, you know, uh, that, that would be my mind. Cause you don't ever know the circumstances those person had to, to get to where they're at. Or like, I have a friend of mine, like on the outside looking in, this guy had everything. 
you know, but his home life was shit. Like his dad used to beat him. Yeah. He ended up killing himself. So it's just like everybody looked at him and like, oh man, the guy, he's got money. He's tall. He's a good looking guy, you know, whatever. But he had so much shit going on. So like you said, you just because my chapter one is, you know, it's starting point. I don't know what his chapter 17 was to get to that. You know, and, and don't let it, don't, you know, from where you start from, don't let it define you. Uh, you, And I think everybody needs a little bit of kick in the ass, but just, you know, don't let your, your beginning define your center or your end, Mm -hmm. you know, find something that you're passionate about and, you know, dive deep into it head first. I like that. Oh, one more question. How Jack could you get him? Without man, wrap this shit up, man. I gotta go. I gotta. Oh, go. you're pretty sexy, dog. You got the good. You got a shoulder. I mean, you got big, wide shoulders. I mean, get off them kettlebells and pick some real iron up. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm probably no, gonna get I some hate no, mail. No, no, I'm definitely good. gonna get some hate mail about that shit. Uh, no, no, you're right. No, you're right. All right, hey, the us out. The the base of every building is them uh, is the very bottom. So start with them legs. Squat heavy. My mom used to say, if your asshole isn't hitting the floor, you ain't squatting. <laughs> Do you think his like if he wanted to develop muscle, he'd have to eat protein like real meat? not be a vegetarian or could he do it vegetarian man I, you know there there was like i was watching a, a netflix special about this guy um in india but he was a vegetarian too and he was having such a hard uh, time getting ahead because of that mm-hmm. i mean if you know that food is a part of nutrition and if you're not yeah. you know, if you're not getting i mean red meat you know i don't so you can't you don't want to eat or you can't eat red meat i don't eat any meat I mean, that's... It's tough. It's tough. Do you eat fish? Mm-mm. I mean, that's that's the fundamentals of anybody that's big. You know, fish, red meat. Uh, chicken. I, chicken. White rice. Yeah, jasmine rice is delicious. That sh- shit used to taste like ice cream to me. So what's the difference between jasmine rice and white rice? Why is that better? I don't... Better? Honestly, I don't know. I that People have asked me, you know, about diet for years and i just like i don't know i just do what my parents tell me to do mm. I, I don't know what counting you know whatever i when i was competing a, as a bodybuilder i would weigh my food so i knew because i was eating eight nine times a day yeah i was had to be down to it was a science so, you know this time of the day is is when you eat um you know your body's metabolism is up and down throughout the day you know you're at your most anabolic first thing in the morning time so metabolism is is usually at at its highest what's your thoughts on cardio don't do it if you don't have to um (laughs) i hate it uh when i was competing i only did cardio the last week and a half two weeks oh shit and what i would do was i would wrap up i would wear shorts um like windbreakers and a pair of sweatpants and then multiple shorts or shirts with a sweatshirt and a jacket over it. I would get my core body temperature as, you know, drenched in sweat. And this is, you know, at the very end when you're, when you're trying to get as lean as possible, pull as much water out of your body as possible. So I, what I would do is start cardio later in the evening and is when I actually did my weight training and throughout the workout, start shedding a little bit of clothes at a time until you're just in shorts and a tank top, or you know, if you uh, your parents own a gym, just a t- uh, shorts. But uh, that that's how I would do it. It was all about your your diet and training, and you know, and having a high intensity workout. Mm-hmm. 
that's literally if I if I don't really know very many people that know more about the shit than my parents do, and uh, I've just you know absorbed all their all of their knowledge, and especially in the in the bodybuilding scene, I, I know a lot. Uh, I you know. I don't know like the details of the diet and counting carbs and micro whatever, yeah. but when it comes to actually doing it and looking at somebody, the the most critical and mean shit I've heard out of anybody's mouth come from my my dad telling me I look like dog shit. Damn, it's <laughs> but in the bodybuilding, you, you know, anybody's like, yeah, you're doing good. Maybe uh, no, he was cut and dry. Yeah, he could tell if I ate peanuts or something at lunchtime i would come i would go to my parents house and i would get on a scale strip down in my underwear and he's just like you really don't give a shit do you <laughs> ouch <laughs> damn <laughs> i mean okay i i mean I, he would call me a fat ass but did that motivate you? Though? Oh man, I'm just like man, fuck him. <laughs> Nobody's gonna tell me shit. I'm gonna tell you what, and this, this is, and I think a lot of people may deal with this, but my biggest motivation in life is shitheads telling me I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I have like I when I competed the first time, somebody I thought that was a friend of mine, you know, he said it was overheard. By someone else saying, "Dude, he'll he'll he doesn't have the bone structure. He's just a tiny fucking dude. He'll never be able to do anything when it comes to sitting on a stage." I beat this shit out of every motherfucker that <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm cussing. Every son of a bitch that stood next to me, I was leaner, I was harder, and I was bigger and more vascular. And every one of them kissed my ass. I had a guy look at me when I was going to weigh in. It, it fucking stood over me like an ant to a person. <laughs> And I mean, he gave me the biggest shit. I I stood next to his fat ass and watching him sweat <laughs> up under those lights because he was holding so much water. My I was so dry, my tongue swelled. Wow, Jesus! Talk about miserable. It, anytime that I I have that, my parents are getting somebody ready for a show. I ask them how they're doing. I don't I, I don't ask them. You know, how's your training going? And if they say I'm doing okay, they're fucked. Mm. I want, and the, and the truth is, if you're if you're ready for a show, you feel like dog shit. You feel like shit. You've depleted your carbs. You're eating bullshit cardboard food, uh, especially the day of the show. I didn't have any water. I had a little bit of wine to uh, because of the sugars that are in wine, and I ate my last meal before I stood on sh- stage. I had a steak, a sweet potato, and dry rice. And I, and I pour safflower oil on top of it to get it down my throat. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we got to get you to come back just to talk about this kind of stuff. I, yeah, I, sure. I, I know the nasty details of the bodybuilding scene. Uh, you know, I'm, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm not at the, the pro level, but my parents have produced several pros. Uh, you know, Dallas McCarver was being one of them. Uh, my mom, when I, when I first met him, and I shit you not, and I said it to my mom. She said that you're not going to believe this, but that, that kid's going to be a pro. He's a fat fucking lineman from Jackson State living in Jackson, Tennessee. I was like, there's no fucking way. His waist is as wide as a Buick. There's no fucking way. There's, there's absolutely, he, I said, he just doesn't have the structure. He's gigantic, yeah. but there's no way that he's going to ever be a pro bodybuilder. And my mom, like I told you, youngest ever pro bodybuilder. Wow. His calves look like two ham hocks just hanging off the side of a bone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love it. 
Well, Daniel, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming guys. on, bro. Dude, yeah, I appreciate it. You know, this may be a shitty podcast, a lot of pauses for me. No, it was good. But, man, yeah, please have me back. And, you know, like I said, if anybody out there, especially in the city of Memphis, if you've got the same kind of fire under your ass, and even if you want to run against me, come on. Bring it. If you're going to do, put forward the same kind of effort and put your lifestyle and everything on hold to try to make something out of the city, Go for it. I, I think, hell yes. Somebody else with another fire under their ass. Or if you want to help, man, hit me up. Instagram, uh, that's the only thing I have. I don't have Facebook right now, but by the end of the week, Daniel Abston, last name is spelled A-B-S-T-O-N. Let me know something. I, I'm here. I, I'll take all the tips. I like it. All right, Daniel. All right, guys. Appreciate, appreciate it, man. Love Thank you. Lots. Bye.